Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Random Talent Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And today's episode is called Free Running because we'll be taking a look at, bear with me with this title here, BitTrip Presents Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien, which is a great game with a very long name. We're also going to be sharing impressions of My Switch Force Hyperdrive Edition for the Wii U, as well as taking an early hands-on look at Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, and I think it's 2, 2 Infinity, right? Yeah, and uh, Monster Hunter 3, their gates and their infinite, that's all we need to know, and Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate. So it's a big episode, I say that every time, one of these days it won't actually be true, but um, it's awesome. Before we even get to all that, there's a bunch of news, we have some new game announcements, we have an interesting Miiverse art show that we want to bring to your attention, and most notably, Miyamoto's talking a lot, an awful lot, like incessantly lot he's uh make it sound like he's no i'm not supposed to and nintendo's gonna have to (laughs) yeah he's (laughs) the nintendo ninjas out to get him even though they're the ones that sent him out no he's uh doing the press rounds doing a whole bunch of interviews the first wave of which already hit so we figured that um since he is saying a lot of interesting stuff we would uh basically summarize them for you and provide the highlights um like I say, he's been making the press rounds and he's been talking everything from wii u to pikmin 3 to his retirement and the thing is He's been saying a lot to a lot of people, so we kind of, what we're doing is we're cherry-picking the key quotes and the key ideas that he's talked about from each source. And we're going to present to you, not by, he said the game stopped this, and he said the Polygon that, but by, he talked about this topic, here's what he said to XYZ, and of course we'll give our analysis. So uh, let's just jump right in, because Nemo always has interesting things to say. Does he not? Usually, yeah. I, I don't know where I was going with that question. It's not like you're going to be like, no! So we're going to spend the next 20 minutes being bored. No, yeah. Uh, Everything he says is gold. Everything. Yep. Everything. When he says hello, it's like he just handed you a gold bar. Right? Is that what you're... What's wrong with me? Anyway, let's just jump right in. Um, so, what he did a lot about? of talking about the Wii U, like the actual console and its capabilities. So, uh, that's probably the thing worth mentioning most, or first, right off the bat. And I uh, specifically talked about upcoming features of the system, so or capabilities being used. Specifically, Polygon asked him about the NFC reader which still isn't being used by the Wii U. That's that little square on the gamepad. could work kind of like Skylanders. And in, in the past, Nintendo said they want maybe use figurines or cards or payment method using it, but we don't really know much about it. So Polygon asked... Wait, us, but, I mean, just a quick... Yeah. Stop. I mean, if... I remember last time we were talking about Skylanders, you said, or I remember I asked, because I wasn't sure, that when you have that portal thing... And you put the figure on top. You said the figure has to stay on there the right. whole time. Right, yeah, no. Skylanders is still using their own portal power. No, no, yeah, Disney yeah, yeah. Infinity is using the infinite No, yeah, well, well, regardless, like, I mean, I'm assuming the Disney Infinite figures have to be on that thing the Probably. whole time. Probably. I think what if Nintendo were to do it, it would either be you just tap it quickly and it loads up. Yeah, because I figured... Or you don't need to really use the gamepad and you're using a Wiimote. That's true, and I guess you could just yeah. leave it. And if it's for payment, you literally just touch your phone or your credit card to it. Oh, no, well, I'm thinking more from a gaming point oh, of view. Oh, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. <laughs> like just We're balance all... a toy on. Or... Yeah, balance it, it, a... That's a game in it itself. It comes with a special the... grip where it attaches to that oh, corner of the, the controller. The, uh, the GamePad Grip Pro. <laughs> Friend, cousin of the CirclePad Pro, that monstrosity. Uh, anyway, so what he was saying to Polygon is that... Well, they asked what's up with NFC, and they asked what's the story with two game games that support two gamepads. So he said that at the moment... Uh, since every gamepad has NFC, that's the technology that they know every Wii U, ner- Wii U owner currently owns. And that's the one they want to focus on first, naturally. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So right now, they're, they're prepping stuff for that. And he basically reiterated what Iwata said that is coming this year. And then um, he went on to say that two gamepads is something they're looking into. But 
because you might have to buy a second one, there's not really much you can... Like, they can't guarantee there's a market for it in the same way they can NFC. So it's on the back burner until yeah, they push the, the NFC. Connect and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like Connect and PlayStation Move. It's like you have to buy an accessory. So as he put it, there might be a place... There might be a time in the future where it's commonplace, and at that time they might... Uh, as he put, look at how we can leverage a system of that nature. We're re- referring to having two gamepads. So basically, it sounds like they're never going to do anything that crazy with two gamepads. It is really, they just said it can do it because everyone complained that it couldn't. Now that system's out, I feel like, at least me, I feel like it's not that big of a deal anymore. Like, I'm not like, oh, I wish we had two gamepads. Like, everything works around one. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you just need a controller pro if you want the same controls. Right, controller pro. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. use a Wiimote for games that don't need that. Yeah. that level of pro- control but like even like we were playing zombie multiplayer the other day and it that's, first of all it's really fun but it works perfectly with one gamepad like one person's on the gamepad doing like a real time well, I mean, designed for, that's like, my point though it, yeah. that's my point though like if it was two player it'd just be first person shooter which you can do with a gamepad and a pro controller mm-hmm. like you don't need two gamepads yeah i guess yeah but in terms of fc uh that's gonna be super big cash cow for nintendo once they finally roll that out so I'm interested to see when they roll it out. He said it could be before E3, after E3, during E3. So basically, really, any time they could be announcing it now. So at least that's more than I want is it's this year. At least we now know it's literally like, it's like whenever is, they're... It's just they're waiting for the moment. It's like Enix's announcement of an announcement they're going to make. Pretty much, yeah. What was that now? Oh, yeah, the PlayStation the 4 Final Fantasy game. Be yeah. excited because we're going to announce Be excited because we're going to announce... I hate when people do that, yet I just praise <laughs> Mimo for at least mentioning it. But, um... The bigger thing he talked more about. Specific. Yeah, that's true. The bigger thing he talked about, and this is one that I'm sure every Wii U owner has noticed, the system is slow. The firmware is slow. We've talked about it before. It takes forever to load a menu. It takes like 16 seconds to open settings. Or like 20 seconds. Yeah, it's, I mean, unless you have a computer open or something else. If you're just sitting there staring at it, it's enough time for me to take out my iPhone, like, like you know, check Twitter, and then put it back in my pocket. And it's still loading. Problem solving. They give, yeah, you, they give you time, they give you time to, to check, check yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. But, um... I mean, because of that, it hasn't really been that big of a problem for me, but I know some people that... No, it's annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's super annoying that, like, if I want to check my friends list... Like, if I'm in a game and I hit the home menu and it drops down, like, Friends Online 3, and I want to see who those three people are, it takes a good amount of time to load that list. Well, it tells... Well, yeah. I wish it it, it only just... says the latest one that logged on. It doesn't yeah. list all three. Yeah. But, so, uh, Time Magazine actually asked Miyamoto, basically, so what gives? And he had a very interesting answer. He essentially... May it sound like Nintendo was a bit over its head when it was developing the system. I'm just going to read the quote directly. He said it was a project on an unparalleled scale for Nintendo. We had multiple different teams working on multiple different segments of the hardware and its features simultaneously. So in other words, he's like, yeah, everyone was doing their own little components. And they went on to say that they couldn't properly stress stress test what facets of these interactions between the applications are resulting in inconveniences for a consumer until you have the opportunity for many people and lots of consumers to try these features out, to understand how they're using those features and what they're doing as they're switching between them. So basically what he's saying, if I understand this correctly, is Nintendo had different teams making the relative apps and whatnot, you know, the app, and then at the very end they just kind of slapped it together and they were like, wait a minute, why aren't these interacting nicely? Why does it take so long to close a game? game guys why don't you talk to the system guys and the system guys are like they never came to us and game guys are like we were in charge of games sounds like they needed a director that's the impression i get i mean people joke that nintendo isn't exactly prepared for the hd era you know they're always like oh they don't have the assets or whatever and that sort of thing but then on the other hand this sort of thing happens and it turns out to be kind of true like i mean nintendo hasn't had to work on this scale before there's no doubt they've never done os this complicated with this many features they had the 3DS, which was a step in that direction, but nothing like this. So it sounds like they were just, I mean, between that 
and having a like an actual launch window, like a launch date deadline that they weren't obviously going to push back for financial reasons, it seemed like they were actually a little overwhelmed, which is kind of weird when you think about this giant corporation like Nintendo being overwhelmed by like the sheer amount of stuff they have to do to catch up with like how Sony and Microsoft do their consoles. But I don't know. And, and like you said, it seems like they're kind of missing, like they didn't seem to have an oversight guy. They didn't seem to have a guy that's going like, okay, we chat, you have to be able to hook into this super quick. Like it seemed like everyone was just very compartmentalized. Well, they must have had one guy that, had a bit okay it's gonna look something like this oh i'm sure they had to work around this big idea yeah it sounds like they just didn't have like a guy that's literally like okay uh we chat team you go talk to that it seems like they're very compartmentalized that's probably why they joined the the departments and stuff they probably need to get those they probably need to get rid of all the cubicles and just make it a big open office no i think you're right you hear conversations from the other side of the room (laughs) like oh man they just decided to implement this it's like oh we should put that in ours yeah no i think you're right there goes this draft i think that big corporate restructuring they're doing where they're combining their hardware teams is specifically for this and also, like, I, you know, to further solidify this whole, like, maybe Nintendo wasn't prepared for HD, Miyamoto's made another comment at the time that was, and I'll, I'll just read it, I'll kind of let it speak for itself. The process of developing a lot of the features and p- functionality, the resources required to best utilize those features, draw on some of the resources that might have been spent developing games. Thus, we weren't able to bring as robust a lineup initially. So not only did they have trouble getting the load times because they're very compartmentalized, but now Miyamoto's outright saying, yeah, remember all those launch window games that got delayed? You can blame that on the fact that we're not used to developing HD for systems with this level of OS. Like, basically, they're way in over their head. Or they were way in over their head. And he's outright, he's just outright saying, he's like, must- that's why Pikmin's not out. New chips, we don't know how to use them. <laughs> I feel like um, they must have someone. But like someone must have told them, like, okay, you know you're making HD games now, right? Yeah, but then, I, I, it's, it's like, like now nah, we got this, we got this. I think I honestly, I think that's kind of what it was, and I think the restructuring they're doing now, they're like, ooh, we need to step up. So and like they're building that new uh, office next door to the current one for a new EAD team, I believe, which is one of their internal teams. Like they're beefing up now, but if only they knew this a year or two ago. So yeah. it's interesting that Miyamoto is being so uh, upfront about it. But it's also kind of nice that the fact that he's talking about publicly means that Nintendo's aware of it and is addressing it. So hopefully we won't see these sorts of game droughts or this sort of uh, really slow OS at launch, you know, for their next systems. Hopefully this beta test that us early adopters had to go through is only is going to be the only time this will happen. Who knows if that's the case? But um, yeah, still, still, still strikes me as very weird that Miyamoto just outright said it. But yeah, but there least, you go. I mean, I mean, why? At least we know that they learned their lesson. That's yeah, awesome. or it seems they did. Well, but yeah, when, and actually, when speaking with time after he talked about load times, uh, he, Mimo also said was talking with time about the concept of the Wii U, and he said some things. It looks like Nintendo's pivoting. Obviously, the system hasn't sold very well, so it looks like they're trying some new marketing strategies. I don't know if you've noticed. Actually, if you go to Nintendo.com and you go to the Wii U subsite, they have like a whole new like Why Wii U section. It like breaks down each feature. It's not like it's not set to dubstep. There's no giant walls of cubes with people doing things that you don't quite grasp. It's very clear, like, here's Miiverse, here's the eShop, here's the gamepad, and it just walks you through. Like, literally, it's like there's a timeline on the bottom, and it takes you from one thing to the next to the next to the next automatically. Did it clear everything up for you? I wasn't confused, because I own one, and it did. It did. <laughs> but, and then on top of that, they're doing, like, a survey on Facebook now, like a quiz game thing called a, what type, oh. it's like, what type of gamer are you? And each answer you get based on the survey fits a different thing of the Wii U, so it's like, if you're a social gamer, you'll love uh, Wii U chat to chat with friends. Ninja. If you're a technology ninja, you'll love, like, uh, the HD graphics and the gamepad. If you're, if you're, uh, I forgot some of the other, a digital connoisseur or something like that, you'll love the eShop. It's like, they're definitely pivoting with their marketing. And Miyamoto addressed that to Time, because Time asked him, 
So you have the Wii U, which you want to be the center of your living room and have a second screen experience on the Wii U. But what about smartphones, tablets, Roku's, Apple TVs? What about all that other stuff in people's living rooms that do a lot of the same functionality minus the games? And he brought up two points that Nintendo hasn't really said before, which is kind of why it strikes me as um, a pivot. Because they really haven't put this spin on the console till now. So first up, he said that the Wii U can actually enhance the current functionality of existing products. Like which, what? with gaming, they've been saying that. Asymmetric gameplay, oh. you know, the five players in Nintendo Land, all that. But he said, the example he used was Google Maps. He, he, it sounds like they're almost trying to say, not game, not just games, everything in your living room can be augmented by this in a better way. Because mm-hmm. he gave the example of uh, Google Maps letting you experience Street View in a new, new way. Granted, he probably didn't think of uh, the compass thing. A lot of the Google Map apps allow you to go into like a compass mode where you just move your phone or tablet around and it mimics in real time, much like the gamepad does. But, but that's beside the point. The fact that he was stressing apps and new experiences with apps opposed to game, opposed to just games is kind of an interesting new move by Nintendo. Presumably that's where Nintendo TV would fit in in future marketing because they'd be like, you know, this is the only place that you can, you know, turn on your TV show on your tablet have it come up on the TV and then chat along in real time with the real-time Nintendo yeah, I mean, they're kind of right about some things. I mean, everything they got on Netflix has been bouncing around, like, which consoles. Like, first I yeah. loved it on the 3DS, then I started using it only on my PS3. Right. But ever since I got the Wii U, it's just so much better on the Wii U. Yeah. Just going from the TV to the game. Yeah, program. exactly. It's those things that you never thought you would want. It's one of those things that's like, and I think this is Nemo's point, at least with this, is even if it doesn't necessarily enhanced directly if it's not like you get this new feature just the fact that you have option the fact that you have the second screen which is an up-and-coming thing in the tech world like xbox smart glass uh ps4 with the vita streaming all those tablet and uh, smartphone apps that sync with the tv show you're watching in real time uh there's a bunch of them walking dead conan uh, Conan o'brien's show a whole bunch of others do it um all that's kind of going in that direction and the wii u kind of goes one step further because it's baked into the product it's not like an actor thing that you're trying to like it's not an afterthought like trying to like hamstring into an exist two existing independent products. It's one product that does it right off the bat. So presumably, if Nintendo hits the right notes with this message, it could, it could conceivably work. And the second thing you said that Nintendo's never really talked about is about that second screen thing. Is about like is I think a response to smart glass and all that. And that was he emphasized the lack of a delay between the TV image and the gamepad image, and the lack of a delay between what happens on the TV and what happens on the gamepad. He said, like, you know, because it's, like, so quick and instant, it's really, like, a native experience that, you, you know, it's not... He didn't say those exact words, I'm paraphrasing, but it's not It's not an afterthought, like I was just saying some of the other ones are. It's, like, the core functionality of the Wii U is it can do second screen efficiently, easy, easily, right off the bat. And I guess Nintendo's... I guess Nintendo's taking a gamble here. I guess they're assuming the second screen thing is going to be the future of how you watch TV and use the TV, which is kind of true. I mean, studies have shown that, like, a ton of people are, like, constantly on Twitter on their phone while watching TV. Or, that's why, like, so many shows have a hashtag in the corner of the screen now. Because it correlates. People will see it and be like, oh, I want to talk about people and go onto their into their phone or onto their computer that they're sitting with and start doing it while watching. So I think Nintendo's... It's almost like how Nintendo bet on 3D with the 3DS. Like, they were the first glasses-free 3D. Yeah, unfortunately for them, that bet didn't work. But, it looks like they're taking another stab at, like, we're going to try and predict what the next thing will be second screen and basically put the Wii U at the forefront of that and say hey guys look we do it better than anyone else you need a yeah, Wii U but I mean at least with the 3DS they had the software and just like 
Well, the Wii U will have good, the software. Well, I mean, this yeah, is but, this is strictly I from mean, a marketing. It, it felt more like um, I mean, fine, not counting software, but like the 3DS has something else to fall back on, whereas the Wii U wants. I mean, well, here's the thing: this is the, the, the fallback. Well, I mean, if the second screen doesn't really work, then all you have is just a slightly more powerful normal console. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, this without, is from a marketing <laughs> without Blu-ray or anything. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of stranger. It is, it is a system of contradictions. Because I mean, the 3DS it. like oh, it doesn't have 3U or whatever. I still got right. Graphics, well, well, I think Nintendo hasn't really emphasized this whole second screen for general use until now. It's always been about asymmetric gameplay and new multiplayer experiences, which it does. I mean, Nintendo Land, Zombie U, it does those well. But it actually, you actually bring up a good point about the lack of Blu-ray. They're trying to make this like the center of your living room. It's where you do everything. But it's kind of, a, as I was just about to say, it's kind of a system of contradictions now that I think about it. In that, oh, it's all about like, uh, you know, second screen experience, except it can't do Blu-ray, so no Blu-ray live. It can't do DVDs. It's all about download games. Every game on the eShop, except the system can barely store a single game on its internal hard drive. You have to buy an external one. It's all about... Uh, it's all about Nintendo TV, except it doesn't actually hook into your TV. Like, it works, kind of. There's still no DVR or Netflix support. Like, it's all these weird contradictions. Miiverse kind of delivers? Miiverse delivers. But even then, it doesn't hook into anything else. Like, you can't share yeah. the Miiverse. You can't post to Miiverse and have it go to your other network. Yeah, I had um, a friend watch me, like, they asked me about Miiverse the other day. Yeah. And I was showing it to them. And then they were like, oh, this is really cool. Like, oh, so, like, can I show it to, like, my friends? And they are like, nope. Like, you, it's kind of stuck in Miiverse. And they're like, then what's the point? <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, other people with a Wii, you can see it. It's like, yeah, but I want to show it yeah. to I'm hoping... like, all my other friends and stuff on Facebook. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, screenshot. See, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo TV does that, actually. Like, if you post on Nintendo TV in the app, it can post to Twitter and Facebook. But I don't get why the rest of the Miiverse doesn't. Like, it's such a good opportunity for free publicity. But, you know, it's... it's well, it is, isn't it something that could? I mean, it's, conceivably, it's browser-based. The, like yeah, all of Miiverse is browser-based. That's how the updates are pushed so fast. It's literally you're opening a custom browser. And they're going to bring it to smartphones, and they're going to bring it to uh, 3DS eventually. So pers- Maybe when it comes to smartphones, they'll have... Yeah, conceivably, they'd have a share. Or if nothing else, you can share a link to... Because the smartphone one's just going to literally be a website, like Miiverse.com. Or something. Yeah. I mean, they straight up said it's going to start as a mobile site and then become a mobile app. So presumably... Every post you do will be pushed to Twitter and to Facebook. And <laughs> well, they'll give you the option, but I imagine what would happen to be... It, it's not going to show what you post. It's not I don't gonna, know if I would push them. So I don't them. think I would. Because everything, like... If, I don't know, it just goes, like, on levels. Yeah. To, to Nintendo's credit, though, the, the goal with Miiverse was, they said from the start, it's a network for sharing things with fellow gamers. And Iwata even said, you would share... You went to Hawaii with people on Facebook, but you would not tell them I beat level 3 in Mario. That's true. So that's what Miiverse is for. So I could kind that's of see so why nice it's about fenced it. like, in. You could write like the smallest thing, like, oh, I just beat this level. That was kind of hard. Yeah, or like when I was and like... people are like, oh, congrats. Yeah. And they actually tell you the congratulations. You like, know oh, what? You go. It's really just a really... <laughs> you go. You go, girl. <laughs> it's really just a glorified forum. It's a very fancy glorified forum. Yeah. It's nice, but it's glorified forum. But going back... Just, uh, scaling back our conversation a bit, back to the core question that Time asked, which was... How's the Wii U going to compete? And, you know, how... <laughs> it will compete well. <laughs> well, they asked how's it going to compete, and, you know... <laughs> Next question. <me> and my... <laughs> yeah, that'd be so great if you're just like, it'll do the job. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> but see. no, uh, You'll see. But no, um, going back to the idea that Nintendo's adopting new strategies to promote the Wii U, it's actually... Um, it actually it makes sense if you think about it, because not just in terms of sales, where it's like, oh, well, Wii U's selling, they obviously need a pivot... But just in terms of the Wii U doesn't have the instant I get it. We've talked about this many times. The instant I get it like the Wii does. In the sense that, you know, it's... Like, oh, you see a Wiimote 
swinging a tennis racket. Oh, and it's you supposed get it. to be a tennis racket, right? But you see a game pad, and you're like, "What?" And and here's the thing that's kind of interesting: is Miyamoto. Yeah, this even gamers like, like Nintendo. I think Nintendo finally realizes this. Miyamoto straight up said that when speaking with Gamespot, not Time this time, but with Gamespot, he specifically said that the Wii U is lacking the, as he put it, looking fun element. Like it's fun when you play it, but when you first see it, you're like, what? Like it doesn't look as enticing. The gamepad doesn't look comfortable to hold unless you've yeah. actually held it before. So, so I think that's why Nintendo's starting to get more crazy, or not crazy, but more broad with their marketing and. Um, they really have to get creative with how they convey the Wii U's message, which Miyamoto went on to discuss that in Japan, uh, Nintendo's actually putting the Wii U out in public more. It's going, every event they could think of, they're putting it there so people can try it. Because as he explained to GameSpot, hands-on is the only way you're going to get the Wii U. I think that's what Nintendo's starting to realize, is you can't just show a commercial set to some photocopy or dubstep or whatever that thing was and expect people to be like, oh, I get it. And that's, so now they're pivoting. Everyone gets a free Wii U. Oh, if only. But, I mean, you're already seeing that in America, too. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, South by Southwest, the tech and music festival in Austin, Texas, is going on now. And they have a, a South by Southwest gaming expo within it. Where this weekend only, so, um, what's the date today? The 7th? The 8th? Eighth. So, the, the weekend of the 8th through the 10th. Um, they're there. And Nintendo's the sponsor of it. It's called the South by Southwest Gaming Expo, presented by Nintendo. Like, they're not just the exhibitor. They're, like, running it. So, they have a bunch of uh, unreleased Wii U and 3DS games there to play, but the point I'm making is, I think they realize they need to get in the hands of people. They're going to a tech expo and opening a, opening a mini sister gaming expo within it just to show off the Wii U and 3DS. So, hopefully that's just the start, and hopefully Nintendo really ramps up uh, hands-on time, because that's the only way this thing's going to sell. I mean, it's like our friends, you know, we told them about the Wii U, they're like, oh, okay, and then they played it, and they're like, oh, okay. Like, it, it clicks once you play it. Yeah, it never sounds too exciting. Yeah, so between that and, like, the new messaging they're trying to go for with, like, second screen and, you know, it does it natively, it's not like an afterthought, you know, all that. They might have a shot at, re- at rebounding. At least that's what Miyamoto thinks will, it'll take to compete against uh, phones and tablets and whatnot. Oh. So that's it about the Wii U that Miyamoto talked about. He did, however, talk about some games and, like, some Nintendo, general Nintendo stuff. So, um, I think the biggest game, the biggest single game we talked about is definitely Pikmin 3. Uh, that's the game he's personally working on right now. He, he's the one in charge of, he's the one that he basically took the blame for the delay in an interview saying something like, I didn't consider it as a delay as much as a shift. Like, we were just working and I was adding enemy placement and stuff, and then it just kind of shifted to a later date. Which is a very nice way of spinning, it got delayed because he wanted to do more. But, mm. but I guess mm. his, I guess his point was it wasn't delayed because it was, it needed work, it was delayed because they wanted to add to it. Makes sense. Yeah. But, um... Mm. So when speaking with GameSpot, Miyamoto actually dove a little into the philosophy behind Pikmin 3 in that it's going to be more like the original Pikmin, and they're going to go deeper into those concepts of the first Pikmin, which I would assume means a return of time limits and the more under-the-pressure nature of the game, which I think he's mentioned they're doing before. I think he said they're bringing back time limits. He didn't in this interview, but I think like half a year ago. Well, I think ago. by time limits, he has to mean... Well, he didn't... You only have a set number of days to... No, no, it, it used to be... Because time... Well, yes. Yeah, because... You do but it was to... faster. The day-night cycle was faster in Pikmin 1 than 2. Oh. Pikmin 2 had a lot more time. felt about the same. I think. Maybe I'm imagining. The only thing I could have sworn Pikmin the only, 2 the only, was slower. The only thing that on Pikmin 2, you have an unlimited amount of days. You could... One day right. you just spend harvesting Pikmin. The next day you could just right, collect something. Right, right. That's right. It wasn't Pikmin days. Pikmin 1, it was you only had 30 days. days to do it. So You're right. on average, you have to collect at least one piece of your yeah. ship a day. Yeah. Well, to GameSpot, he only said that they're going back to the originals. 
formula. But in another interview, I feel like half a year, I think we talked about it like last fall, they were saying they're going to bring back time limit, or bring back yeah. the pressure. So there's that. Well, hopefully they can make it work. Because I, I, I enjoy Pikmin 2. I like Pikmin 2 way more than Pikmin 1. Than Pikmin yeah. 1. So and we'll everywhere. see. It'll be an interesting balance they have to but strike. The thing is, you do now have more multiple captains. So in, the other, in Pikmin 1, you only had one person to deal around with. Yeah. In Pikmin 2, I remember I used the two captains. Like, and this crazy. one, Pikmin Just, like, 3. I would have like Olimar try to kill as many people by himself. Right, and then have and Louis off Louis. doing something else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, Pikmin 3, they're actually. Uh, there's going to be three playable captains. Not that yeah, that's what's weird. He They scaled it down. Probably because Pikmin 3, three captains. Pikmin 2, two <laughs> captains. Pikmin 1, one captain. Well, a, it makes sense from a marketing That's an easy so, out. For yeah. Not putting but, I mean, they did say that, but Miyamo, he just kind of casually dropped in the interview with Games, but I was just like, yeah, you control three captains at once. to you, Or three captains to control your Simultaneously. Pikmin. Simultaneously. <laughs> or only. He meant three. Each he one switched of the, between. The analog, each between. analog controls the character and the touch. And the deep. Yeah, oh, that'd be so crazy. With but, your tongue, um, I guess, because you wouldn't have any extra fingers. Yeah, you you'd use your toes. Oh, no, you get a, uh, a peripheral. It's like a stylus. No, you get, you get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, you get a friend. So you have your arms, and then your friend slots their arms in between your, like, under your arms, kind of, and then they control the touchscreen while you're reaching around. Sounds like a escape. game for couples. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like that Spin the Bottle game coming out for Wii U. It just won a GDC award, actually. Spin the Bottle is... Uh, this really bizarre game. You just use the Wiimote to do weird, like, physical things in real life. It's like an adult Isn't it like that one game. thing that was for in England? The one there? I don't know what it is. It was for Wii? It's kind of like that, yeah, like but this Wii. is coming to Wii. Uh, Where the people Wii trying show. to eat an apple that was a Wiimote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like that, yeah. But, um, so it'd be like that. But anyway, back to Pikmin awesome. 3. Um, yeah, so he was saying, well, first of all, there's going to be three captains. And you're going to be shifting between them to manage all the Pikmin. So that's, that's the new nugget he dropped, basically. But he also was talking about how the game isn't designed necessarily for the Wii U, which makes sense since it started as a Wii game. He just said it's leveraging the parts of the Wii U that make sense. Like, no game needs to use every function of the system, which is something Nintendo's been saying for a while with Wii U and 3DS, that they just need to use what makes sense to use. Yeah, they, they don't need the other people. Like, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to use everything. But it's just the options are there. That's why there's no NFC yet, because you don't have to use it. But, um, so he was saying, for example, what's really going to make the Pikmin experience great on Wii U is it's going to have high-risk graphics. You have a, a map with changeable perspectives on the tu- on the uh, gamepad that you can manipulate with the touchscreen. Those sort of things. It's not so much about, like, how does it use the gamepad in a unique way. It's really just what will augment what makes a great Pikmin game. So it might have off-TV play? I think they confirmed it before. Did they? I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like they did. It should have off TV. Yes, it does. I don't it, know does. Why. it does. It but does. It does. For some reason, not when a game doesn't have it, I feel like it's missing. Yeah. Like, like, hey, you know what game doesn't have it? Lego City uh, Undercover. So even though it's the norm for it not to have off TV play, it's yeah. like, really? I can't play on the it's game a cu- Well, it's because with Lego City, um, I can't play with you my, use the gamepad as a radar. Like Game Boy Extra Large? Your, your Game Boy XL. Yeah. <laughs> XXL. Um, but with Lego City. Game Boy Advance XXL. It's more for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, in terms of. Yeah. layout button layout but anyway with uh, lego city since we're talking about it now uh you use the gamepad as it's a map that you interact with and it has like a like it's your cell phone as well so like people will talk out of the speaker and on top of that you have to use it to pit, to look around the environment on the gamepad with like a radar mode that's like kind of a heat map while on the tv something else is happening so they can't really do off tv because then something's a chunk of the game is missing in a way oh. wait, 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 I, you said cell phone and i just remembered the most Probably the stupidest thing I've ever never realized about hmm. a video game. You play No More Heroes, right? Yeah. You know how anytime you, right before you fight any boss, it's a funny thing, it's worth hearing. Right before you fight any boss, I Travis, like qualify it. <laughs> Travis like, goes on his cell phone and just starts walking. Yeah. The whole time, 
Don't tell me you didn't know it was coming out of the speaker. No. <laughs> oh my god. So I'm like, why is you always doing this before a game? It's so annoying. Dude, did you not have the speaker up? No, we, we always had it off to save battery. Uh, yeah. So the, the whole, like, No More Heroes was the first game to do the whole the the, the, the controllers. <laughs> so for the, the cell whole phone. game, we're always clueless, like, what's going on? Dude, there was some good dialogue in this. People around me, like everyone thought, like, like, oh, okay, it's a Suda Fifty One game. It's just being weird, just to be weird. I just <laughs> have to watch my character walk around with a cell phone. No, it's All coming right, out of the speaker. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Wow, that's ridiculous. I, I feel so like like wow, I. Probably missed a lot of probably important conversations. Yeah, you did. Like, half the story, basically. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. wow, that's bad. But going, check out this transition. Going from one uh, visionary game maker, Suda51, back to another, Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> back to oh, what we were talking about. Back to what we were talking about. Uh, he also discussed HD remakes. I, there needed to be some way a segue from No More Heroes to HD remakes. That's how I did it. Hey, it got an HD remake. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, one game that got an HD remake was No More Heroes. Miyamoto talked about other games that may get, get such remakes along the lines of uh, Wind Waker. GameSpot asked him if Nintendo's planning anymore, and what he said, he did a very artful dodge of the question. He basically said, and I quote, We are thinking about the possibilities around that, but there's nothing I can share today. I guess I can say from my perspective, I'm more interested in creating new titles. So, Nintendo... Yeah. Nintendo, well, he kind of did. Well, no, he did. We yeah. Fit, Nintendogs. The, that, that tour of some museum. The, the Louvre he... Museum app for the 3DS, yeah. Killer app, I think. Yeah, killer. For the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah, go look at the Mona Lisa. Is the Mona Lisa on the Louvre? Yeah. Go look at the Mona Lisa through your 3DS when it's right in front of you in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that comment he made is actually kind of interesting because, one, it means Nintendo might do HD remakes, but two, and more importantly, it means Miyamoto is still interested in creating original concepts and ideas, which kind of fits with what I was saying um, to Time. That he was always, basically always trying to do that. Just yeah. Well, he was saying to Time in a similar... Uh, to a question not about actually remakes but like about his creative process he was saying that really it's the gameplay that comes first and then he picks what to center it around so like we fit he gave the example we fit could have been mario fitness but they wanted to go a different direction but the core concept was a fitness game and then they picked how to best make it so he if he's making original games that's good because that means we're still going to get possibly new franchises that are unique and different or we'll just get more mario either way i mean the thing about nintendo it seems like they have so many IPs, and even though like people yeah. keep wanting more, they have so many. They have yeah, like, they actually have a whole. They have, they have one for almost every genre, so no yeah. matter what kind of new game they do, it'll probably fit into yeah. one of them. And now and with and the eShop, they have a bunch more. Yeah. And even if it doesn't fit perfectly, it'll just be like, oh, it's a new take on Metroid, so it's not the same, right. exact same right. gameplay as always. It's, but people, are, I think people are so more annoyed about like all the Mario Sports games being oh. Mario. To which Mimo also addressed, because he said Wii Sports could be Mario Sports, but we made it Wii Sports. Oh. So yeah. he, his point being, they went with the game. Nintendo goes with the gameplay and then sees if they can yeah. shoehorn in a Honestly, character or if it's better with a new uh, character. I'm fine with Mario having every single sport game. Oh, ever. I'm fine with that too. I mean, but do we, do I know we want another... People. I mean, if they're not going to have any kind of license you know think, for anything, so you know they're just going to have generic people. You know I think it is? I think, it's, uh, I think it goes back... I think the complaint about people saying Nintendo doesn't have enough new franchises and partly probably why Miyamoto's like, no, 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 it's the gameplay we come up with first, then we figure figure out the franchise. It's all about the new gameplay experiences. Is Remember a few episodes ago we were talking about how Iwata was saying, Nintendo's president, was saying that they don't want the 3DS to be a Mario machine in the West like it currently is? Yes, we got a lot of different games. Mario Power Tennis, Mario Kart, Mario 3D Land, New Super Mario Bros. 2, Upcoming, uh, or Paper Mario Sticker Star, Upcoming, Mario Golf, Mario and Luigi, uh, Dream Team, uh, Mario vs. Mario and Donkey Kong for the eShop. That's seven... Or eight. I'm not sure where I counted off. Yeah. Mario games. Each of them are quite different. But the fact of the matter is, a system that's two years old has eight Mario <laughs> games. 
Like that's the. I think that's, they're all the different genres. They're all very different, but I think people are saying. I think that's why I mean no, most yeah, like the gameplay yeah, is what's yeah. key. Is they just want like why does that be more in Luigi? Yeah. It could be. Then I guess I don't Bob and Jill. Back what I say, but yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, they could have might as well just created a new franchise at that point. Yeah, I think, and I think that's why I know I've said this a few times, but just holding yeah, the but, point here, but, I think that's why Miyamoto was so like because the, they asked him like the Wii launch seems to have some different franchises than usual. Yeah. He's like, well, we always come up with gameplay first and then we figure out what franchise it makes sense but then it's still unfortunate that like even if they were to give it a new skin so mm-hmm. to speak like mm-hmm. it might not sell it as might well. not yeah because well, that's why the just, just, just look at the whole like the star fox dinosaur planet thing i mean yeah well with, I mean, yeah they had to change it to i mean sell. it wasn't well like incredibly received either but do you think many people would still play it if it wasn't star fox i don't know because it's rare i, more people I mean on the try because it was star but fox. on the flip side with rare they had so many new ips jet force gemini banjo kazooie uh, I you know conquer they had a bunch that just did their own thing and sold really well, yeah. but Rare had its name to work off of, which Nintendo would have too. I imagine. And that's Rare now. Yeah, yeah. Rare's Rare's reputation is pretty rare, like non-existent these days. <laughs> they still make okay Connect games, but they are nowhere yeah, near the top. Like everyone that matters gone. gone. Yep, yeah. yep. Kind of like the Sonic team, pretty much. Yeah. Except they're uh, I heard some of them are back, or they're got better people. Yeah. Well, the games are getting better. Oh yeah, so, like, so, yeah. But yeah, so um, I mean, have you played Sonic whatever it is for iPhone? Sonic Dash. Yeah, it came out mere days before this recording goes live. So no, I have not. <laughs> it came out really recent. Oh, I thought you would have played it by now. Is it free? I don't even know. I, I don't know. I would. I always assume I'll look. Are free or a book. So I'll look. I don't, it's true. It is always free or a book. Here, I'll have, check real quick. Have, no, it's yeah. a. I know about Sonic Dash. It's a. It's a free running game, much like Bit Trip, Which but without kinda, the music. Yeah, it's like it's Temple weird, Run like, and all those. Is Sonic your well? Maybe not the... Sonic makes sense to be a free-running yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, the old platform... The old Sonic games were kind of more platformers, so I could see why those aren't free-running games, but the more recent ones kind of have you running most of the time. Yeah, okay, it's $2, by so the way. So maybe it should have been, like, Two bucks. a free-running game a la Pepsi Man. Whoever <laughs> knows Pepsi what that Man. is. <laughs> that was a fun game, by the way. Really? Pepsi Man of all games to reference. All right. <laughs> I actually really like that game. So Sonic is $2 on the, on the iPhone, and it... Uh, and it has in-app purchases as well, so it probably racks up to a lot of money pretty quick. No, are you going to get it? But back to Nintendo, I don't know, maybe. Well, I'll read some reviews. Back to Nintendo, though. Uh, actually, speaking more broadly about Nintendo, we kind of cover what Miyamoto talked about involving Wii U Stuff. and his game and games. But now, he also made some interesting comments about Nintendo as a whole, and that's specifically their view of E3. He was saying to Polygon that, uh, and I think we kind of predicted this, but he was saying to Polygon that, Nintendo's not really, like, E3 is not the be-all and end-all for game announcements. And we're seeing that, you know, Nintendo Direct is every couple weeks and they announce stuff there. And he was saying that uh, to Nintendo, E3 is now more about allowing game, or about allowing gamers to play games and to, for a chance for Nintendo to show games to gamers direct, like, hands-on with them is what I I mean. Than it is about announcing games. I mean, if you take all their announcements after last year's E3 and before this year's E3... We have, like, an E3 and a half already, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and take Sony's conference and take what's probably going to be Xboxes pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, so. they're doing one in April. Yeah, as, as he put it, we do see a tremendous value in E3. Uh, <laughs> they're just it's a place where business. people can come and they can actually get their hands on and try the software we've been talking about. So I think that's what people can look forward to at E3. So basically, I think the days of, like, big blowouts of new games at E3 are pretty much over because we're getting much more frequent, smaller blowouts. No bombshells, just some artillery fire every couple of weeks. That's, That's a good analogy, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to get 
surprised by Smash Brothers because we know it's going to be there. Well, Smash, yeah, but not we're still going to be surprised by. I think Brothers. Smash Bros. will be a big unveiling at E3, and maybe we'll see what Retro Studios is doing. But maybe it's Smash Bros. Maybe no, maybe it's not. They just it, never told us. No, it's working Namco. <laughs> it's maybe, but I doubt well, it. I don't know. Namco um, can, doesn't have to be the only people teaming up. True, but I feel like Retro could handle it by themselves. They don't need Namco to help. But um, regardless. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think we're going to see... Those will be, like, the two surprises, and everything else will be, like, Mario & Luigi playable, Mario Golf playable, uh, Wind Waker HD playable, Mario... The, the 3D Mario game for Wii U playable, Mario Kart for Wii U playable. Like, all that, that we already know. So instead of just... Mario instead of just going... Wii U has to step it up. Yeah. It's a Sonic command. Instead of just going... But instead of Nintendo just going, like, here's 20 games that we haven't announced, they're not going, here's 10 games we announced, and here's what they look like, finally. So... You know, it, it kind of matches the growing trend. I mean, we talked about this with the PS4 unveiling an episode two or two ago, where there's this growing trend in gaming and tech, where companies no longer want to go to big expos. CES, Microsoft wasn't there. Mobile World Congress, which is a big smartphone thing. There's no Apple. There is no uh, HTC. There's no Samsung. All these huge names and phones. Because they'd all rather have their own little private event where they get all the attention and they can, you know, basically steal all the headlines for a day versus fight against each other for fraction of the headlines in a big busy week so i think gaming companies yeah gaming companies are going the same way you know ps4 dominated headlines for a couple days xbox is gonna do it probably in april nintendo does it about once a month with nintendo direct so it it, you know it's just a trend that's going in aren't we still waiting for a third party Nintendo? no it happened in japan we talked about briefly last episode it was a bunch of japan only games that really you know stuff that we was already announced in japan that's where they announced uh Ocarina, not Ocarina, Oracle of Ages and Seasons for the 3DS Virtual Console. Uh, Yeah, and then they put in a Miiverse post for America about two hours later, but yeah, so it wasn't that exciting, but I'm I'm sure Nintendo's gonna have one uh, in April. Actually, I'm positive, because they have no dates announced for April, so they kinda have to. They have, like, nothing announced beyond now, in terms of release dates. Beyond uh, this month with LEGO City and Luigi's Mansion and Pokemon. Yeah, but um, games in one month. Yeah, two of them on the same day. Yeah. We just mentioned Pokemon on the same day. But uh, one last thing Miyamoto talked about. It's safe to assume they thought that like, well, whoever would buy Luigi Mansion definitely won't buy. Yeah, that that Pokemon. is a really weird move on Nintendo's part. They could have easily done Pokemon this week and Luigi's Mansion in two weeks. Like, I don't understand why they would spread out. Whatever. We'll have impressions of Pokemon, by the way, uh, Mystery Dungeon later in the show. But one more thing about Miyamoto, and then we talk about some interesting new game announcements. Um, and that was he talked a bit about himself. Because there's been rumors circulating, there's been talk that Miyamoto was going to retire, and then he said he wasn't. So he told GameSpot that he, he feels creatively satisfied in the sense that, you know, he's made what he's wanted to make. And of course, he'll probably come up with new ideas, but it's not, like he's, you're, it's not like he's at the point where he's like, oh, I still have like 20 games I need to make. Like, he's happy with his he's created portfolio. created the masterpiece he wanted to make. Exactly. But, doesn't mean he's planning to retire anytime soon. In fact, um, he's sort of grew... He's staying on board and doing everything he does and continuing to work on, like, Pikmin 3 and whatnot, but at the same time, he's trying to groom the uh, younger producers and the younger staff at Nintendo to stop always asking him for every little thing. Not so much in case he's not there, just because he's trying to break down this structure where it's like, you know, it's true in most companies. You get advice from the people above you. You look up to the people above you for answers. And he's trying to say, hey, you know what the consumer wants as much as I do. Just think what they want and do it. So it's, it's smart in the sense that one, it alleviates him of a little of the workload so he can do more original, you know, his own games. And two, it prepares for the inevitable when he's gone moments. Yeah. So, whether intentional or not, 
Nintendo's preparing for Miyamoto to not be there, and that's probably for the best, since he is 60 now. I'm not saying he's going to die, but, like, tomorrow, right? Right. but he's got to retire he's at some point. Wonder Years, or whatever they call Yeah, him. so, that was the last the thing. It's kind of a weird note to end. The of the, whatever he plays into, I don't know. All the old Mario and Zelda questions, I don't know. We're talking about what, what he's going to do in his retirement. Oh, he's going to... You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna do something that he hasn't done before, and he's gonna be like, "This is inspiration for a game." I mean, gardening led to Pikmin. A puppy led to Nintendo Dogs. A new interest in bathroom scales. I'm not even kidding. Led to Wii Fit. Like it's crazy. He gets ideas from the weirdest things. So he's gonna be like out taking a stroll. Oh, exploring caves in the hills by his house when he was a kid led to Zelda. This is all true, by the way. Yeah. It, like imagine like he's gonna be like I don't know at a retirement home and like he'll see counting pills and he's be like. New Dr. Mario idea. And next thing you know, it's like some like 3D crazy Dr. Mario where pills are shooting out of the TV into your mouth and you're getting all sorts of trippy dreams. I don't know. But uh, point being, it is kind of a fitting that the last thing we talked about with Miyamoto is his retirement. Uh, with that said, only about, from what I understand, like part of the interviews he's done are out already. There's still a whole second wave of interviews. So we'll have more about Miyamoto's thoughts on pretty much everything when, those sec- when that second wave of articles from other sources uh, come out. Presumably in the next couple weeks. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. But for this episode, we still have some game announcements and we still have all those impressions. So um, let's talk games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, probably the biggest announcement over the last couple weeks. Came out of nowhere. Not, well, kind of. I didn't see it coming out. It came out, uh, we knew a week in advance because stuff got leaked. A poster got leaked, a name got leaked, a trailer got leaked, a screenshot got leaked. So by oh, Tuesday, that. what were you talking about? No, well, yeah, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. But I... Don't, we usually don't really pay much attention to anything Assassin's Creed related. Oh, so, I just thought it was interesting that stuff was getting so, so by the So by the time, like, it got... I thought it was just Assassin's Creed 3 related. So then when uh, they got, like, Assassin's Creed 4, I'm like, already? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's busy in the world of Assassin's Creed. So Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, is the newest game. It's coming to Wii U. It's been confirmed on October 29th. That's the release date on every system. So yes, it'll be there day, day one. And uh, this time around, the game's set in the Caribbean. It's in the, seven, the early... Same difference. In the early... <laughs> fine. The Caribbean. In the early uh, 18th century, so 1700s. And it's focusing on the world of pirates. So Blackbeard's in it and whatnot. And not like the pirates of the Caribbean pirates. Not like over the top, like, Unleash the Kraken and all that from those sorts of pirate worlds. So more grounded. More grounded, more realistic, more people just plundering and being and drunk and wailing. Which we'll get to. The and wailing. Yeah, the wailing. Ah, wailing and wailing. Both wailings. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to the whaling. Well, the, the animal whaling shortly. But, um, so the protagonist of this game is Edward Kenway, who actually is the father of, of I almost said Animal Crossing, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3's, uh, Haytham Kenway, and the grandfather of Connor, another major character. And, uh, so it's very tied into Assassin's Creed 3, even though it's own, its own independent game. And more importantly, he's a pirate. He's a pirate with his own ship. He's stuck in the middle of a war between the Assassins and the Templars, which, you know, ties into the overarching story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's like the overarching story, so it has to be there. And the game itself is actually, it kind of reminds me of Wind Waker. A bit. It combines, like, sea travel and, like, land exploration, and, like, there's all these islands, and you're traveling between them, so... Sounds like Wind Waker. Yeah, so Ubisoft is aiming to have that all be seamless, like Wind Waker. Hopefully you go well in... In Wind Waker, Waker HG. HG, no. But they hope to have it all be seamless. Harpoon Jabu Jabu. Oh, that'd, that'd, that'd be a cheap way to beat him, though, because, like, normally you have to, like, go through all And it the... wouldn't be rated E. No, it would not. Be rated M. <laughs> or. And you can't waste any. No, it'd be rated it'd be raid UP, unhappy PETA. Because oh. PETA does not like whaling, as we'll get to in a sec. But, um. 
real quick, just a oh, you got an email on your computer. Just a brief uh, overview about uh, how SCO works. So they want it all to be seamless. So you can be on your boat, you can jump off the boat, you can swim to shore, you can explore to shore, you can go back to the boat, all without load times, which sounds insane. I don't know how they're gonna pull that, but if they can, I guess you'll read the disc Fog. as you swim. Fog, <laughs> fog, or there's gonna be random weird doors in the middle of the ocean. I have to wait for them to gates. Gates, yeah, it'll be like ocean Fort, gates. Fortresses, Fort, fortresses. Yes, but um, they're hoping to make it more open world. Than <laughs> and end. a lot of time is like you have to get some guy to open the door for you, but he's like way on the other side of the gate, so you have to watch him run all the way. See, the and gate. that's the other type of wailing, the one, the crying. <laughs> he's in pain because the door's so heavy. <laughs> like, oh come on! <laughs> but uh, no, there's gonna be. Supposedly no load time. It's going to be op- more open world than ever before. There's going to be 50 different location, distinct locations on these islands. So you're going to have three major cities. You're going to have ancient ruins. You're going to have underwater shipwrecks. You have a tropical desert island, an abandoned, deserted desert Yeah, island. but they're saying they're processing stuff like mine ruins. And it's oh. going to be diverse. Um, and another thing, since Assassin's Creed always pretty big on upgrading your equipment and your items and your weapons, you could do all that. But Edward's ship can also be upgraded. And those upgrades will play into... play. A major role in the naval battles, which they're expanding out from uh, Assassin's Creed Three, the and since we talked about the harpooning or the whaling, uh, first the naval battles, they're actually going to be really big in the game. Like it's a big chunk of the game, and Are things the mechanics like mechanics just like Assassin's Creed Three. I'm not sure. I think they're expanding on. And they're expanding on because you can do more. You can like storm other people's ships. You can battle the ship itself. You can jump on the ship during the battle. It would be a pirate game without that. Yeah. And uh, and and then it also factors in things like, this is actually really cool. It factors in weather patterns. So like, you can lure a ship into a stormy area if you know there's going to be a storm there because you can follow the weather patterns and stuff. So that's kind of clever. Like, it's going to have a like, living, breathing world with weather and everything. But, um, since we talked about so much, whaling or harpooning is a major part of the game and this actually sparked a little controversy when uh, PETA got upset over the fact that you can harpoon whales, calling it, uh, you know, disgraceful and it's promoting whaling and it's offensive to mammal rights people. To which Ubisoft fires... <laughs> yeah, I could picture this like, ugh, are, <laughs> they're digital whales. Yeah, well, here's what Ubisoft said no, back. Thanks, too. Here's what Ubisoft said. Well, I mean, it kind of raises an interesting point because on the one hand... Well, let me read Ubisoft and so I'll make my point. So Ubisoft said said this was cl- pretty clever response back about historical accuracy and why whaling's okay in the game. History is our playground in Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag is a work of fiction that depicts the real events during the Golden Age of Pirates. We do not condone illegal whaling, just as we don't condone a pirate lifestyle of poor hygiene, plundering, hijacking ships, and over the legal limit drunken debauchery. That's a pretty good response. (laughs) But it does raise kind of an interesting point of, like, if TV shows or movies, let's say, can get away with, like, accurate depictions of history, even set in a fictional alternate world, you know, like, a movie that has whaling in it. That's not uncommon. Why is it that PETA goes after the games, but the movies are kind of like whatever? Like, they don't make as much of a fuss. It's kind of a weird, like, what's so different about games in that regard? It's almost like the violence debate just skewed more towards animal rights. Like, honestly, whaling's a horrible thing, and it shouldn't happen, but it did happen, and it was a very big part of that culture at that time. So it's kind of weird if they just ignore it. Like, I don't know. It's, it, I, I don't really have an answer. I'm just posing these kind of rhetorical questions of, like, why, when do you draw the line and like why does PETA care more about one form of media versus another like it's just it's strange mm. like you don't see PETA going after books that describe in great detail the harpooning no, no, in the 1700s it depends on I guess like, what type of person they are maybe they don't quite understand how games work maybe or maybe they just think well it's interactive so it's promoting it more because you're encouraging people to physically 
with some button presses oh, go I, through I, the I, motion. I guess because you yourself are actually doing it as opposed to yeah, it, someone you know, guiding you through the experience of another yeah. character. The more I think about it, the more it really is just a violence debate under a different uh, front, basically. Like, it's the same core questions of, like, what makes games different. But not something we necessarily need to launch into this episode. Just just thinking out loud. Food for thought. But, uh... I'm full. And you're full, so we're done talking about that. <laughs> um, but going uh, back to Assassin's Creed itself, game, like I said, is coming out October 29th. It's actually been in development for two for over two years, or just about two, over two years when it comes out, between two and a half years when it comes out, um, by a different team than did Assassin's Creed 3. So it's not like they're speeding up the process here. They just have two teams that they alternate between. Uh, Call of Duty style. Yeah. It's like Treyarch and uh, Infinity Ward. Yep. And um, along with the Wii U, it's of course going to be on the HD siblings of the Wii U, so PS3 and 360, and is confirmed for next-gen. So far, only PS4, since obviously we don't know of an Xbox officially. Makes but it will be on the PS4. next... Uh, sure. <laughs> sure, if that's what you want to call Well, I'll put it this way. They said all current-gen systems... Or they said PS3, 360, and uh, Wii U, as well as next-generation systems. So. No. They don't consider Wii U next-gen, I guess. But um, outside... I mean, you made a point that when we first started talking about Assassin's Creed a few minutes ago, that it's like kind of soon, right? Yeah. To make it even more, like, soonish feeling, they just released a couple weeks ago uh, the first of a three-episode DLC I mean, pack. Like the game for Assassin's coming Creed. out soon. It just... Yeah, it's just weird that they're hyping it. There's already TV commercials for it. I what? saw. Like, yeah, they are doing TV commercials for pre-order campaigns. Oh. In March, for a game in October. Like, they're mm. really putting a lot of um, push behind this. And on top of that, like they're still doing Assassin's Creed 3 content, because they just released a few weeks ago... Uh, the Tyranny of King Washington DLC, which is a three episode, three episodes, Ultimate focusing on my, yeah, focusing on well, sort of. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like, what if King Washington found something? Right, yeah, you're right. It's yeah, so it's focusing on that, and each episode's ten bucks, I think, on the Wii U shop. They are all. What is nice is they're doing full uh, DLC support for Wii U, unlike some games, Mass Effect Three. Call of Duty Black Ops 2. I'm looking uh, at I YouTube. Mass Effect was dead the moment it did. Oh, it was dead before it even released. Yeah, it was dead when Trilogy was announced. But um, it's nice to see Ubisoft supporting Wii U with DLC. But yeah, so the first uh, episode of this DLC, which is called... Sorry, I lost... I lost... The, ah, The Infamy, is out now. And then we're going to see episode 2 this month and episode 3 in April. Hmm. So that's actually a pretty state... So think about it. You get, like, new... Am- or Animal Crossing, I keep doing that. New Assassin's Creed content through April. Then there's only, like, a four or five month... What, May, June, July, August, September. A six-month gap, and then you have a whole new Assassin's Creed, a whole new saying with a lot of harpooning <laughs> and drunken debauchery. So, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, it's a good time to uh, be a Wii U owner as well. Sounds like you're kind of game. Actually, I am very interested in Assassin's Creed 4. Just, I don't know, something about the saying seems very cool. Even more so, like, I was kind of interested in Assassin's Creed 3, but I ended up not getting it, because I heard there were some issues with it, apparently, and just, I don't know, there are other games that caught my eye more. But the pirate thing of Assassin's Creed 4 actually sounds really cool. Especially because it's more grounded. Like, they're not going for, like, over-the-top Pirates of the Caribbean. They're doing more, like, realistic. Well, I mean, all the other ones aren't really too... Well, lots of pirate things are over-the-top, I mean. No, well, yeah, but I mean, Assassin's Creed 3 and... 2, oh, yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're all they're, pretty grounded. Yeah, so they're keeping it that way, which is good. Here's a game that's also... I mean, no one should be able to survive a fall from that high from a little piece of haystack. But, <laughs> but, but his grounded. eagle vision, or whatever they used to call it, yeah. So he's like an eagle, so he can soar into so the haystack. Fairly grounded. Yeah, yeah. If you exclude the jumping from three Where stories up, yeah. Right. Switching games. Uh, so we use getting Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag day one, 
And it's also getting Lego Batman 2 DC superheroes a year later than every other system under the, under the sun. Yeah, better late than never. So, yeah, better late than never, I guess. So, um... I love that. Lego Batman 2... Don't that wanted it. Yeah, well, Lego Batman 2 sold really well. And it actually got pretty good reviews. A lot of people praised it the fact... It sold so well that they feel... Yeah, well, they're, they can sell There's still a lot of people that don't have it. Yeah, I guess. But, well, they, it's a blockbuster. They want to put it on everything. And it was the first uh, Lego game to include full voice acting, which got some extra praise... And it had yeah, they it was a big before, huh? what they pantomimed before. yeah they pantomimed before Lego City fun fact Lego City undercover actually was going to use voice acting first but Batman came out before it oh. it's kind of funny coincidence but um what was I gonna say uh yeah so it's gonna it's the same game but what they're doing is they're enhancing it for the Wii U gamepad naturally so you're gonna be able to use the gamepad to uh, you know have an interactive map. And switch characters on the fly, which I would assume is going to basically be like how the 3DS version is, where the map and the characters are on the lower, sc- on the lower screen. Probably work much like that. Um, potentially more interesting, though, is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to have off-TV play. See? You can sleep easy now. Wow. I know how much you off-TV play not being there feels weird to you. And, um, I'm screwed using my HDTV. Yeah, you want it on your little <laughs> six-inch gamepad. But... Um, Potentially more interesting than just straight up off TV play is that it's going to also have a co-op where one player could be on the TV and one player could be on the gamepad so you don't have to worry about split screen. Which is kind of nice. Like, that's a good That's a good way of using it. So that... Um, it's become a new standard for Wii U games, I feel. Yeah. But, you know, so that's coming out sometime this spring, they say. But is it just me or is there this weird trend of like... I know it's just a coincidence. Why is it with the Wii U getting superhero games a year after the fact? Ultimate Spider-Man, a year, like, nine months later, just hit Wii U a couple weeks, or this week, actually. And now Lego Batman 2 is coming out a year later. The only game that's coming out on time that involves superheroes, I think, is Injustice God, uh, Gods Among Us, which comes out on all the HD systems on April 16th. Like, Wii U, PS3, 360, all at the same time. But I don't know what it is about, like, superheroes in the Wii U that they have to be fashionably late. <laughs> but, whatever. Um, just I'd throw that weird observation out there. Another another game actually that was announced is uh, a new indie title. There seems to be a lot of them on the eShop, which is great because you know Nintendo's really opened it up to let indies easily develop. And they're I taking... know, who said that the Wii U has like the nicest eShop? I don't, I, I don't remember, oh. but they're very. Developed. I'm not making that up, right? No, I don't think so. They're very developed. Uh, I think the Trying Two devs said that at one point. Maybe, but they're very friendly to third to independent developers. I mean. We've talked about it before, but they can set their own, uh, their own prices, their own sales, decide if they want to do a demo on their own. They can patch for free, unlike on 360 and PS3. Uh, they, they, it's a very similar oh, yeah. model to Steam in terms of and the Chasing profit. Aurora patch just came out. Yes, it so did. So many nice things. Yeah, Chase cool. Aurora's patch is actually really good. It has um, it completely redid the multiplayer, right? Like, yeah, in terms so, of how so it's actually it's playable with just one-on-one because right. like, before it was kind of like, oh, you don't have five people, it's probably not going to be as fun. Yeah, they added AI know. birds, right, to compensate. Yeah, AI birds and more ways for the other person to win. When they're right. There. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's cool. a good, it's a good update from what I've been hearing. Um, mm-hmm. But and fixed frame rate issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, was I, what was I saying? Oh yeah, they also do the Steam stuff for indie devs. Eshop also has the Steam Steam the exact same uh, money split between Nintendo and the public as the, and the indie game devs as Steam does. Oh. So, or very similar at least. Uh, but anyway, so this new game, and we're gonna be seeing a lot of these because of all the reasons I just listed. So this new one is uh, called Another Castle. It's a 2D platformer uh, with a, you know, it looks 16-bit, kind of has that aesthetic going. And it has kind of an interesting structure. So it's a, you know, standard left-to-right platformer. In each level, you're told you get an item at the end of the level. You get to the end of the level, and they tell you the items in another castle. Sound familiar? So... Oh, great. 
That happens. Really? The, the dinosaur comes up to you at the end of a level. Do, and do, like, oh, the you know the origin of this reference, right? Some movie? Re- wait, really? Hold on, hold on. We need to stop the podcast. <laughs> okay. Fourth and all the freaking reference. Good. <laughs> and it is? Mario. There we go. There was hesitation in your voice. <laughs> it's Mario. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been bad. You can't co-host a podcast with Nintendo. The original man. reason to hate Toad. Yeah. I could do a really bad impression of Toad now, I really want to. <laughs> like, Toad, Toad of the actual castle, so I don't have to keep going to castle <laughs> Another, to castle. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I used to be able to do Toad's voice. But I guess to their defense, they were all put into bags and dragged. Yeah, so they don't know. So they, they don't know, know they where they are. <laughs> Actually, they don't, how do they not know that it's that castle per se? Because they're, they're like in there. They don't only, well, they only know about that chamber. Because they would have talked to Peach through the... Well, I wish she'd they, be in the same chamber as them. Bowser would have her. Because Bowser was guarding the room they were in, remember? You beat Bowser, you go into the was room that where Bowser? He's, yeah. Or was that Bowser's clone because he died all the time? I think it was just Bowser and he has reincarnation power. I don't know. Anyway, back to another <laughs> castle. Uh, <laughs> so, every level you're told there's an item at the end. When you get to the end, you're told it's in their castle. So literally the whole game is chasing a specific item. You beat the game, you get the item, you then get to play through it. Turns out the item sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you then get to play through the game with the but new item. But it was about item. the adventure, not the... It's the journey, the journey. not the destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, So you then have this item, and you can use it for your next playthrough. And you're probably thinking, wait, but I just played through it. Why would I do it again? Well, all the levels are randomly generated. That's the, that's the unique twist. So it's a platformer, but the actual structure of the levels is randomly generated. So you're never playing the same thing twice when you go and get each item at the end of each ah. run. So it's really about multiple playthroughs, more so than 80, 90, 100 yeah. original levels. I don't think that kind of mechanic would be fun. But I have no idea. Like, like, after playing the game of Binding of Isaac where it's all randomly generated. It works? Yeah, it's really... As, yeah. as simple as the layouts are, because I assume since it's randomly generated, it's not going to be too complex. Like, cause right. Some assets have to be right. put in some ways, so right. it does work. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, so yeah, that yeah, that's its great. big hook. And another castle, um, also worth noting, is it has a single developer. It's one dude. Uh, he actually, it, one guy is doing the whole game. He goes, his studio name is Uncade, isn't like Unarcade. I don't, I don't know. But uh, no, I mean that is. I don't know why. He didn't have anyone else to tell him it was a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, he was just like, oh well, that's what I got. But uh, are you meant to put unscathed? No, I don't think so. But <laughs> you should have stopped at the first joke. It was, it was your crowning moment. But um, so it's kind of we. Yeah, the moment though. <laughs> it's kind of we the Wii U eShop in 2014, as well as Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, and the Ouya. The Ouya. Ouya. The yeah. the Ouya. The the Android gaming console. That thing. Hundred dollar Android gaming console for Kickstarter. It has a lot of games coming to it. But um with the circle, 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 circle controller? I think they changed it. It's not circle, circle, circle anymore. Oh it was, huh? Yeah, it's now they have now circle. they have like like letters on them. But uh yeah, and if you want to try the game, another castle there's actually a prototype available online of the game so you can see how it runs. Um we have a link in the blog post for this episode, which is episode thirty eight free running at Ramtown.com. Or you know what, let's just make it easier. Another castle of the game dot com. That's where you can find the prototype. You don't need to go to us and then click and then go. Yeah. So, so that, unless you want to give us the traffic, which we'd appreciate. But uh, so that's another castle. That's one of two indie games we're talking about today. The other being a sequel, actually, uh, Jet Rocket Two. Now, this is from the gang over at Shinin, who are a pretty busy, busy bunch lately. You may um, you may know them from me. Anyone may know them from uh, the Nano Assault, or sorry, the Nano Stray game on DS. I did a rod on the Game Boy Advance. Yep, and then they have Nano Assault with the Wii U launch. Nano Assault Neo on 
November 18th back on November 18th. And then this week, as you just mentioned, they just released Nano Assault EX, an updated version of the DS version of Nano Assault for, uh, or 3DS version for the 3DS eShop. So they've been busy, and they're not done. They're also doing Jet Rocket 2, which is a sequel to the WiiWare platform. Yeah, Jet Rocket? Yeah, it's a sequel to Jet Rocket for WiiWare. Good job. And uh, it's uh, the new one subtitled The Wrath of Takai. Takai is apparently the bad guy, and it's his revenge. It's his, he, Takai? He's, I'm sure Takai, Takai, I don't know. What's a T-A-I? Fine, Takai. I prefer Takai because it sounds like Takai as in George Takai as in the Star Trek guy. But we'll go with the actor. We'll go with Takai. The bad guy is seeking revenge and he's wrathful and you as Jet Rocket go and go, I'm going to stop you and win the game. So story, I kind of downplayed the story, but really story <laughs> it isn't. <exists. laughs> yeah, it exists. Story isn't what Shining's about. Shining, what Shining's about is crazy good graphics given hardware restrictions. For example, the original Jet Rocket ran at very, you know, ran very smoothly, looked really great, had all sorts of crazy lighting effects that are kind of like Mario Galaxy's, all under, in a file, under 40 megs, because that's what WiiWare required. Similarly, they did, uh, I don't know if you remember, Fast Racing League for WiiWare, the, oh. the F-Zero-ish game. The F-Zero game, because they didn't have an F-Zero Yeah, game. it was actually pretty decent for what it was, but that, um, that was, you had multiplayer up to four players, all at 60 frames per second, all with pretty good, gra- like, really good graphics, all for... Again, less than 40 megs space. So these guys are really good at like capitalizing on, restri- you know, maximizing the potential with hardware restrictions and whatnot. And as such, Jet Rocket 2 will be one of the few 3DS games that actually runs, at least third party, that actually runs smoothly and at a full 60 frames per second in 3D. That's one of the big selling points they're doing. Ooh. So the game, um, gameplay-wise, is going to be, the original was a 3D platformer, kind of like Mario Galaxy, but flatter. Not many, not really globe. So more like Mario 64. But uh, this one's going to be, they're promising a 3D platformer again, but the screenshots do show some 2.5D segments where it looks like you're on some sort of track, you know, like left, right only. And there's a screenshot with a crazy-looking wave race-style jet ski moment. So behind-the-back jet skiing into the screen. Mm-hmm. So okay. that alone might make it worthwhile. Uh, i have to keep this one on my radar. Yeah, there's no date. There's no price. There's no... Anything else? <laughs> That's all we know, basically. And it looks good. Um, the original, the, a lot of people hated the character design of Jet Rocket himself, but really liked the game and the environment. So hopefully the sequel, he looks the same, but hopefully the sequel keeps up the good graphics and good gameplay. Cause that's, you know. I haven't actually seen what he looks like in this one. Oh, yeah, I think he looks the same. He has like a kind of dorky helmet and, yeah. No, no. But no, I mean, it's all about the gameplay for this and the graphics, so. Yeah. So that's something to keep on your radar. I don't know when it'll be out exactly, but uh, they just opened the website for it. So presumably in the not-too-distant future. But they're busy over there. I mean, they've released like three games in four months. It's crazy. And one game we're not going to be seeing anytime soon is uh, a Japan a title announced in Japan from Namco Bandai, and that is a 3DS game that combines Disney with Miis. It's called Disney Magic Castle My Happy Life. And it's essentially a social game along the lines of Animal Crossing, but with Disney. So you start the game, Mickey Mouse invites you to come open a cafe in his little magical kingdom, neighborhood, town, I don't know what it is, dream world. And Main Street? I don't think, it's not Main Street. It's like this crazy, like, castle city. Like, oh. I think it's some sort of dream world. But, um, and the world does have kind of that same, like, scrolling effect that Animal Crossing does, where it's like it's... Like you're walking on a spinning globe, sort of. So you go open a cafe, and next thing you know, you're chatting with over 80 Disney characters that live around town. You're fishing and 
and hunting using magic, and you're collecting over a hundred different items to customize your me. And if this doesn't sound like Animal Crossing, then you clearly have never played Animal Crossing, because <laughs> it's basically Animal Crossing with Disney characters. And the only reason I even bring it up is it's apparently, I mean, one, any game with Disney in it does, you know, any game of this sort that, like, combines Disney with things does well. Look at, like, Kingdom Hearts or, like, the original Epic Mickey or the second one kind of bombed, but the first one. Yeah. Or, you know, Disney draws attention, especially in Japan where Disney's huge. And clearly now... No, they created an entire anime commercial for it. Pretty cool. They did? Yeah. For this? No, for for the theme park itself. Oh, oh. I didn't know what you were talking about. An anime style commercial. So. I see. But, um, yeah, and for this, I mean... Yeah, Disney's huge over there, and for this there, Namco, Bandai, and Disney are expecting big things because they are releasing a special edition bundle that comes with a special white 3DS XL with all sorts of Disney art on the front. And at least it actually cafe. looks really slick. What? No, and at least your own cafe. Yes, and at least your own <laughs> cafe. And Mickey Mouse, a guy in a Mickey Mouse costume shows up every day and tries to drink coffee through the felt of the costume. It gets very messy. And it's really hot, so he starts screaming in his high-pitched Mickey voice. Uh, yes, so, but uh, so that white 3ds XL that I saw. Was yeah, it's it's really cool with like the little gold Mickey Mouse icons. Yeah. yeah, it looks really nice. But um, so that's gonna be a big game in Japan this summer for sure. Who knows if it'll come stateside? We haven't seen very many Animal Crossing knockoffs make it to this side of the globe. We've seen there many. There's DS Animal Crossing XL custom. Yeah, or 3ds matter. XL limited editions. But I mean, we had Animal Crossing. Obviously, we had uh, Konami released one. Uh, what was it called? Magic. Something magic. It was like a town of magicians. It was oh. for 3DS, I think, or for DS. I don't remember for DS, but that didn't sell very well. Got so London Knife, but that was just yeah. But that's not quite yeah, the same. Yeah, but that's just there. Yeah, so I don't know if we're ever gonna see this. I mean, in Japan, there's a few more than just these. So you know, than just the ones I mentioned. So I don't know. If you're a Disney fan, you might have to import it and try and learn Japanese, <laughs> or just never play it. Yeah. And also in Japan, check out that segue. Also in Japan, that's the whole segue. Oh. Uh, there's also <laughs> there's also brand new information on Game and Wario, Nintendo's uh, mini game collection starring Wario and friends. Uh, titles launching in Japan on the 28th of March, which is literally a couple weeks from now. So Nintendo launched an official website, and with an official website comes some reveals and new modes and information about the game and whatnot. So there's the four minute trailer and a couple mini game details separately. So in the trailer, we saw two new mini games that were um, one is called Sketch. And another uh, is called Disco. So Sketch looks to be Pictionary. You have on the gamepad you're drawing something, and on the TV it's showing it. You, it's on Japanese, so I'm kind of speculating based on what it looks like it's happening. Kind of, it looks like Pictionary though, because it shows the people allowing a chance to guess, and it lets you say if they're right or wrong. Like they shout the guess, yeah. and then you mark if they're right or wrong, and then you rotate the, it con- so the gamepad. It does. Like, it actually the, sounds really cool. I mean, I especially love the fact that like. While you're drawing, like, you're not obscuring your own drawing, yeah. like, on the TV. Yeah, because it's on the TV. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's, the best setup you could possibly yeah. have for, like, local Pictionary. Yeah, it's perfect. So that looks really cool. And then also, Disco looks kind of interesting. Not quite as cool and, like, as... It looks really fun, though. Yeah, it, it's not quite as cool in a sense that it's not like, oh, Pictionary perfected. But <laughs> it does look fun in that, uh... So there's two players. Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't it Draw with Friends or something? Not Pictionary anymore. Draw something. Draw something. Well, it's still Pictionary. Draw yeah, something yeah, just ripped yeah. it off. So then Hasbro bought the rights and released Draw Something, which now sits next to Pictionary on the <laughs> shelf, which is odd. But, uh, so the other's Disco. And Disco, it's a two-player Guitar Hero DDR-style rhythm battle extravaganza. So each person, and you have to say it like that. If you say it, extravaganza, Nintendo doesn't let you play. You have to announce it. Extravaganza. So the gamepad's on the 
table or whatever. One person's on one side, other person's on the other. Icons. DDR style, guitar hero style little note icons come down a fret bar of sorts. And you tap the parts of the touchscreen that correspond with those icons. Then those notes get sent to the other player and they have to tap it. So you're basically sending notes back and forth between each other, new rhythm patterns. So one has to mimic the other and then the other has to mimic the first and etc. Where it gets interesting is you start having to listen and not look because they'll put a, they'll block your view of the notes or they'll yeah. do things like that. So it's showing that on the gamepad on TV you have the same view so the people whoever else is in the room can watch if they want. Like it, yeah, it reminds me more of it's like a more in depth version of um what's it called the two player Rhythm Fighter game um for Rhythm Heaven Fever. I don't know if Which you one? remember it. You no, have not like, really. Um, it's two players. Each one has a Wii mode. You have two robots. Uh-huh. Action figures just boxing. Yeah. So and everyone takes turns like trying to create a rhythm, and then the other person has to match that same rhythm with their remote. But one right. person creates. So it's the same. Right. So you can go A A A A B A B A. But see, I'm not sure. Has to go I'm not sure if Disco lets you create your own rhythm. It might just send you one, and then make the other player do what you just did, and then. Well, that's what you're doing. You're just like it'll give you like. Oh, it gives you one. It gives you. It gives you like five notes to do. Okay, you have five notes. Do go crazy, and then the other person has to do those same notes. I see. And then you get a chance to do five notes, and then hey. Well, I don't, but that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I think from what I saw in the trailer for Disco, I don't think you get to pick your notes. I think it goes do this rhythm, other player do that same rhythm. Now you do uh, this the rhythm. I saw how like one side, like the person tapping, oh. and it went to the other side. Oh, and I thought they had to tap. The okay, same never mind. And that's that's just how. Cause, I cause, yeah, because that's how you're I right. saw it. Like, yeah. Okay. Then I you're just... holding the gamepad, like one person on one side of the gamepad, right. one person on the other. That makes I tap red, blue, yellow, green. Then you have to wait for them to score to you. That makes more sense. And what's weird is I just described it just like that. Yet I somehow misinterpreted it. Like when I was talking about it, I described it exactly. Yeah, that's how I said like, oh, the fighter just yeah, yeah, and um, the one sad thing. So it's Santa Club or a disco, and yet there's no Jimmy T, the disco dweller from the WarioWare games. Even though this is basically a WarioWare game, where is Jimmy T? Basically a WarioWare game. Well, it's not quite. Yeah. Where's Jimmy T? I'm like actually He's angry snowboarding. about this. But he, that's true. <laughs> but he should be in the club. Why did they make him snowboard? I don't know. He should be Why in the they club. Have a game like this? He should be in the club. I, I, I'm very frustrated. Jimmy T used to be my favorite WarioWare character. Know, Still is. Especially now that they have his more characters in the family. Beard, it could have been Jimmy wait, T versus wait. like his. I don't think he realizes. Jimmy T's beard, his, like, goatee, forms a music note. He has a music note on his face, made of facial hair. Like, you cannot top that. <laughs> like, seriously, anyone listening, go Google Jimmy T. His mustache-beard-combo-goatee thing is a music note. He is a man with blue hair forming a music note on his face. <laughs> he needs to be in this club. I always thought of him as, like, Waluigi's nah, I, cousin. Oh, no, no, no. He's, he's his own unique beast. <laughs> but um, when I first saw him, he's like, "Oh, he's skinny and the red nose." Yeah, but so that that's the two games they showed in the trailer. Not to cut you off. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the they also revealed a few other games and a few and one detail about an already known game. So we'll start with a few other games. So one is called Pirate, and this has players hold the gamepad in uh, in front of them and then mimic various poses to block shots that are being thrown from the TV by Captain Wario the pirate. If this sounds familiar to you. It's because they had a very similar tech demo at E3 2011. Where, that was rhythm-based, right? Yeah, it's all rhythm-based, and it, it was called Shield Pose at the time. So how it works now, it's the same idea. So Warrior will literally throw something at you, but you move to the rhythm, and then you pose the gamepad in any direction, up, down, left, right, and it uses the accelerometers to know which way you're pointing. So it's like you're interacting with things coming out of the TV towards the gamepad, except they're not physically doing so. Uh-huh. So that's uh, Pirate. Next one's called Kung Fu. And this is players using both the gamepad and the TV in tandem. So on the gamepad, you're controlling a guy named Cricket as he tries to reach his master, a mantis. 
at the end of the level. So the guy's name Cricket is a cricket. And it's trying to reach the mantis. Yeah, just roll with it for you. So the gamepad shows a top-down view, and you control the cricket guy by tilting the controller to make him jump from platform to platform. It's like a series of floating islands, kind of, that you're jumping to. And then on the TV, you have a behind-the-back view, like a third-person camera angle, so you can see obstacles up there. Like exactly. So you can, at least that's how I'd imagine it works. I mean, it's different pacing, but it's the same idea that the TV, you see obstacles in front of you, the gamepad, you see the top-down view. Mm. And how Nintendo wants you to do it is you're on the gamepad and all your friends are sitting on the couch going, look out for that snake! And because they see it on the TV or whatever. <laughs> they jump in the way. <laughs> yeah, they just jump between you and the TV hoping to block it. But um, there's also a little more than F-Zero. It also requires you to land on certain platforms to collect food because it's not just about dodging like F-Zero because uh, there's, a, there's a hunger meter and you can't let Cricket get hungry. It's a true survival game then. It is. Survival horror. That giant snake gets you. <laughs> so that's that's Kung Fu. And the last new game is called Patchwork. This one, I don't even know why it needs two screens. So the TV and the gamepad are showing the exact same thing. And what it is, is you have some cut up pieces of, pieces of cloth or patches. And you need to build a patchwork out of them based on a silhouette of something behind them. So you're like drag and dropping them from your pile to form a puzzle. It's like Picross, except without the numbers. Like you're making an image. What do you mean Picross? Same thing. Yeah, this sounds too much like lacrosse. You're right, let's do pick cross. So it's like that, but I guess instead of numbers, you're just dropping patches to form puzzles, or to make puzzles. I I don't know. It sounds fun. Yeah, it's definitely like the, it's probably like, it sounds like like the lame duck of the group. But then again, Yoshi's Fruit Cart sounded pretty lame when we first talked about it in like October last year. And it was pretty fun. It's pretty fun when we played it a month later, so. The last thing that uh, Nintendo talked about with Game Wario is they they revealed a little bit more about Gamer. Now, this mini game is basically WarioWare, in case anyone is unfamiliar. So, what? It's Nine Volt in his room playing his Nintendo system of choice, and you're oh, the Wii U. Is it? I don't remember. Yeah, it's holding a gamepad. Oh, okay then. I just didn't remember. But um, hey, at least I know another Castles reference immediately. I know you know. I just kidding. You're mean. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, so he's playing his gamepad, and he's supposed to be asleep. So you have to juggle the mini game, the micro games on the gamepad on your gamepad while checking his room on the TV for when his mom comes in. When his mom comes in, you have to put the gamepad down, and then the accelerometer will trigger him to put it down, and then he's asleep. That's the whole game. My years of doing that so in middle school will finally pay off. <laughs> all that practice, but yeah, it's basically Mario where it's an extra layer to it. So what they revealed now is one new thing, and they're all of course based on classic Nintendo games. So they revealed that Balloon Fight or Trip, the Balloon Fight franchise, will have a micro game. Yes, your dreams can come true. Why play actual Balloon Fight for only thirty cents on the Wii U when it was thirty cents a month ago? I'm ready for my or for next free on the or for free on the 3DS. We could play it for five seconds. Inside War, uh, Game and Wario, yeah. so that's Game and Wario. That's what we now know. And you know, the the thing that strikes me as kind of odd about this is Game and Wario's hook. What separates it from like Nintendo Land as a minigame compilation is that you're supposed to be able to do all of these things. Everything you do in Wario Land only requires one controller, the gamepad, and is made for multiple players. Oh. That's the original hook of it. So it makes it works. Like it makes sense for that shutter mini game, the one where you have to like it's basically where's Waldo and you use the gamepad as like a scope to take photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like the, as a lens. Or the thief. Or thief, and... which yeah, you have to it's another where's Waldo and you have to find the thief as they move around. Like those make sense for multiple players. They're built Wait, for multiple the players. One in the cricket minigame That's game. what I'm getting to. Cricket makes a little sense because they want you to have people shouting, look out ahead. That I could kind of see. 
But and the disco one makes sense in the sense that there's two players using one gamepad. Yeah. But when you talk about the Jimmy T snowboarding or the arrow Look mini out for game, that turn. yeah, slight <laughs> turn ahead. I think they probably revamped it or just dropped it completely. But when you look at that, or you look at like arrow, which is the one where you're flicking arrows from the gamepad to the TV, much like I guess uh, they needed a solo experience. Yeah, much yeah. like uh, Tatsunok, Tatsun, Tatsun, Takamaro's Ninja. Castle. Thank you. I'm like sure that. That's it, but... Yeah, whatever it is. Ninja Castle from Nintendo Land. Yeah. That one's basically... Like, those are single-player only. By the way, Arrow, actually, um, they revamped completely. It has boss battles. It has multiple mini... Like, sub-quests and stuff. It's fleshed out. But, <laughs> um, NPCs you could talk to. <laughs> but... Um, as an overworld. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it has an overworld. 40 hours of gameplay. Yep, and, yep. Um, no, uh, but it... Like, all those don't fit the mantra. So I'm a little confused. Like, they said it's all about, you know, all these experiences of one gamepad and everyone sitting around the couch and just shouting at the TV... But some There's, of the games don't do that, so I, I don't, so you're I don't get it. All the games have to now; they can't just throw in one game. Well, no, but it just you. seems odd if they go, "Hey guys, the game of Wario is Nintendo Land, but all about one controller only for multiple players," and then they leave out. They have like the Jimmy T one, well, which makes no sense. It is Nintendo Land. Well, they're not saying they, it is; no, they're no, saying no, yeah, yeah, it complements yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo Land has six games that were made for one person. Sure, I guess I'm just thinking of it the wrong way. I guess because they originally were like it's. Game of Wario is I mean, a mini game compilation about one controller, multiple players. So it's kind of odd. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just it's nitpicking. It just like struck me as a little strange that the hook is one thing, and then they have like three games that don't match. They're just kind of thrown in, especially because one of them is essentially Ninja Castle, but with giant noses as tanks instead of ninjas. And different physics, so it works. Yeah, slightly different physics. Yeah, but uh, either way. Regardless of my nitpicking or whatever, uh, the game's out in Japan end of the month, which means we should be seeing it here soon. If I were a betting man, I'm not. If I were, I'd say late April or May in America. Possibly June, but probably not. Late April or all of May? Sometime. Or either June. Release, no, it'll release between late April. I'm saying it'll release between... I'm not saying it's going to be released this year, then. It's going to be that vague. That's not vague at all. I'm saying it'll be released between... I'm giving a five-week window. Late oh, April not. through... Not really. Well, here's the thing. For I don't you? know. <laughs> well, originally I thought it was coming out in January or February until they delayed everything. So, so that's about the same prediction. Are you making note of this prediction? You're writing a note about this prediction. Okay. Yeah, so I'm saying either late April or May. Maybe the first week of June, but I doubt it because that's Animal Crossing. In fact, I take that back. I late April, April or May? April, April 21st. It's going to come out April 21st. Is that, a fr- is that a Sunday? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, though, because that's in five weeks. I feel like they would announce a release date by now for that. April, April 21st. Okay. I say May. Late April or May. I'm keeping it vague because I don't know. May 21st. You just moved it. <laughs> anyway, so that's Game of Wario. Uh, one other Nintendo first-party game that we now know a bit more about, and this is actually the last game we're going to discuss, is Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. Let me rephrase. This is the last bit of game news we're going to discuss. We have plenty of impressions. Uh, so Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, we have a small update, which is that we now know Monster Games, the team behind the awesome Excite Truck and Excite Bots and Pilot Wings Resort, is um, in charge of this port. So they're a team of, I don't know, 20 people that are doing this game, which, one, it means two things. One, cool, Retro Studios isn't doing it. That means they're working on something presumably much bigger and better. Not that this is bad, but you know what I mean, like some major project, especially because they've been hiring people from from like Naughty Dog and Insomniac and all these major companies in they, the last year or so. They hired... And the Junction art, Point. They hired the artist that does the drawing for the Escapist extra credit thing. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. But yeah, so... um. 
Yeah, on the one hand... I, the more you know. Yeah, the more I don't you know. know that. That's random. But yeah, so on the one hand, cool, Retro Studios is free, but on the other hand, Monster, like I said, is only like 15, 20 people big. So if they're doing this port, they're probably not doing much else, which is a bummer to an Excite fan like me. I need a, I need a third... get excited about? I need a third Excite game. But hey, I mean, maybe they have two teams. Maybe like five people are doing this port. Who knows? But it's just something worth mentioning is that, rest assured, Retro is still doing something big. And also, we now know what Monster Games is doing because they've been work. They've exclusively, as far as I know, <laughs> they've made, been working on another app like the Metroid Prime Three thing, the Metroid Prime Three Preview Channel. Yeah, for the Wii. Yeah, I'm sure that's all they've been doing. And it'll just be the Exoskeleton Four A Preview Channel. It won't actually preview anything <laughs> just yet because <laughs> they have nothing to announce. <laughs> no, but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, uh, Monster. As far as I know, they've only released games for Nintendo, like published by Nintendo, which were, like I said, to Excites and Pilot Wings. So I hope. Donkey Kong wraps up quickly because I really want to see some new stuff from that. It'd be cool if they did F Zero, actually. Huh? Yeah, it, yeah, like that'd be very interesting. But um, so that's it for game news. I just want to throw in the Monster Games thing since we now you know shed some light on what Nintendo's teams are working on. But one other piece of news I wanted to mention is actually comes to us by way of a listener. Uh, someone reached out to us about a kind of cool event, actually a very cool event that's happening in Germany in May. It's going to be a real life Meverse art show called Printing Meverse. Uh, the show allows for pretty much any and all Miiverse artists to submit their work as either pictures or videos or drawings or whatever. And then they'll be shown in an actual, like, legitimate art gallery in Nuremberg, Germany, starting on March, or sorry, May 4th, for a couple weeks at least, is how long the exhibit will run. And the opening actually coincides with a major uh, art event that happens every year in Nuremberg, Germany, called um, Blue Night, where 150,000 people descend upon the city of Nuremberg and look at art. Hmm. Like, it's just, like, all these gallery openings. So this is, like, a legit thing. And on top of all that, they're going to have um, Wii U consoles scattered around the uh, exhibit so that people around the world can be part because they'll be running Wii U chat and people can, like, in the exhibit can walk up and talk to people who are, like, That's calling in. Getting some free publicity. Yeah, basically. And it's just, it's really cool because, it, you know, it gives, on the one hand, street pass opportunities galore. And on the other hand, it gives, and the more important hand, it gives Miiverse, like, Miiverse has a lot of great arts. I mean, we did that extra a month or two ago, uh, Ma- Art Masters of the Miiverse. If you haven't seen it, it's on RamTown.com. We're checking out. It's 10 great arts on the Miiverse. And since then, there's been an explosion of really good arts as more people get the system. Uh, so if you want to partake in this uh, printing Miiverse exhibit, you have till April 1st to submit. You can do so... Uh, on a website set up through MeverseArt.com, which is basically a giant online gallery of Meverse artwork. And uh, we actually have a link. If you go to episode 38 on the site, uh, free running, and you scroll down, we have a link under the news section of links. Uh, if you scroll down to the news listing, there's a link to this art show. And you can read more, you can submit, you can find out like you know all the details you need. But we just wanted to mention it because you know, it was brought to our attention by a listener. And it is actually a very cool event. It's a really cool way to bring people together. Hmm. If only it was in America. Yeah. Like, if it was in LA. If it was in LA, I'd be not a go. But it's in Germany. And, you know, um, I believe after it happens, we're going to get some photos and possibly videos straight from the guy that's organizing it. So stay tuned in May for <laughs> for that. We'll, we'll figure out a way to get it on the site. But he mentioned that he was going to send stuff our way so um yeah no it's definitely a very cool opportunity and i can't stress enough that if you are in or near germany you know might as well submit at least submit your actually wherever you are in the world submit your art if you're in germany check it out 
Because, like, there's not going to be very much. You know, how often does something like this happen? It's pretty cool. And that pretty much wraps up news. That's what's up with Nintendo these past couple weeks. But, of course, as I said at the top of the show, we've been playing a lot of things. So I guess we should jump into what we're playing. It's split. Uh, we'll split it. We've been playing some currently released stuff, and we've been playing some soon-to-be-released stuff. So we have hands-on of that and full impressions of what's already out. So uh, what should we start with? Hey. Runner 2, I guess? Yeah, you can get the big one out of the way. Okay, well, makes sense. It's the one this episode's named after. So, out of the way. Probably the, the indie way. darling of the eShop right now. I've always wanted to use that term, indie darling. Is, uh, <laughs> There's one off the book of this. Is, yeah, exactly. Is uh, BitTrip Presents Runner 2 Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. This is... It's on every system. Every HD system. But arguably the Wii U one is the best version. Uh, the developers say so due to the quicker load times thanks to expanded memory. Um, the gamepad off TV support. That sort of thing. So what Runner 2 is in a nutshell? Unless, well, do you want to go... I'll sum it up real quick. It's a free-running game. It's like Temple Run, Cannonball, all those sorts of, you know... Free runners. It runs left to right, but the big twist is it's musical. In the sense that everything's set to a rhythm. You do more dodging and obstacle avoiding and whatnot, and there's more moves and whatnot than a typical free runner, so it actually has a lot more depth. And it has a ton of personality. It's a very like, charming game. I don't use that term really to describe a game, but I can't think of a better way to describe it than charming. So, yeah. so if you want, I mean, Jose, you played more than I have of it. I played a good chunk, but you beat it. So, yeah. if you want to go first with your impressions, and I'll piggyback off them. What a huge improvement over the first game. I, and the first game's good. No, yeah, the first game, I, 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 I love the first game. Yeah. I don't know, two things like that I really noticed. Like, one, yes, it's not as hard as the first one. I mean, just the fact well, that... Well, they have a checkpoint still, system now. Well, yeah, but I mean, to people that played the... Well, I don't want to say to people that played the first one, but to anyone that, like, wants to challenge... Yeah. You... The, the checkpoint becomes an obstacle. You want to dodge it, so it just becomes like another way to get more points. But um, other than that, yeah, it's not as difficult. And right. that, I mean, I still haven't even beaten the first one. I'm literally on the last level before the final boss. And that last level, I beat it. You lied to me. No, no, I, no. I haven't beaten the first one. Oh, uh. because that last level, it's so long, and it has. Oh my god, it just has obstacles like the whole way through. And, I mean, I don't want to spoil much, but let's just say the last one isn't quite exactly like that. Right. I mean, it's hard, but not right. grueling and punishing. Right. And not only that, but um, a lot of kids, like, like Jason mentioned, this is a... It's set to a rhythm, but it's yeah. not the kind of rhythm where you can predict what's coming up and anticipate. Oh, yeah, it's not... I should, I should rephrase the, what, what, It's not what, Guitar what, Hero where it's like there's a pattern yeah, that like, you follow. Yeah, like, like as you dodge and jump and, like... It's more like, obstacles you create the rhythm. Yeah, it's more so like you build so, your own So you are, you are like an instrument and you are playing the music. Yeah, and the thing is you collect items as you go. There are these four plus sign looking things basically. And those really, like everything you dodge, everything you collect, all the gold bars you collect and all yeah, that add that. notes. But when you hit those, those cross shaped pieces, those plus signs, then it switches into adding layers of music. Yeah. So you'll start with a very, like, minimalist tune, and as you hit, like, a gold bar, go, like, ding, and then, like, you jump over something, go, like, dong, so it's, like, ding, 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 or whatever. But then when you add those pluses, you yeah, suddenly yeah. get a backbeat, and then you get a bigger backbeat, and then you get some, like, extra layer of synths or something. Like, yeah, it, but then when you get yeah. the last one, it goes into, like, this trancey... Yeah, it goes into, like, crazy. a full-on, like, piece of music. Yeah. <laughs> Points like oh, the music, just like in the first one, it's all really catchy. It's all really good. But um, yeah, they got a. I don't remember his name or what he's done, but they got a pretty prominent chiptune musician to mm. do the music. Like it's a, it's mm. not like just some random dude. It's like a pretty well known. Yeah, everything, all the 
No, there's no, there wasn't a single track from that game that I did not like. Yeah, but you should check out the soundtrack. I think they saw it. No, I, I would definitely buy it. I would anything to support music, video game music when I can. But um, <laughs> one thing that I remember made the first game a lot very of the more challenging than it need to be mm-hmm. was the design of some of the projectiles. Right. And this in the first game, you well in this game there are some projectiles that you have to dodge by pressing forward. You bring up a shield and then they bounce back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can counter. Bit trip yet. reference. That's how, but that's the original bit trip. You were a pong paddle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you hit things yeah, back. That's the game. whole game. So they basically integrate bit trip into Runner 2. Yeah. That's clever. Sorry. Which is lo- which I, is I love when game. they do <laughs> self-referential things like that. Oh, and then, you, then, then you'll love... That's why I love the show Community. It's then, so meta. Then you'll love The Last World. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, I heard that it's an homage of sorts without spoiling anything. Yeah. 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 I just spoiled everything. Like, how else is there not to... An homage is... But, but yeah. anyway, um, so you have these beasts that jump at you and you block them, with, you reflect them with your shield. Mm-hmm. But in this game, they're huge. They're like twice the size of you, and they're always a different color. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're green, purple, mm-hmm. whatever. But in the old game, since everything is pixelated, they're small and yellow, and they almost kind of look like the gold bricks when you're running across them really fast. Right. So more often than not, you'll run into them thinking they're a gold brick, or right. But this time, or just don't see them. So yeah. uh, those those probably are the reason why. I got so angry and can't... At the original. Though. At the original. Yeah. Just to clarify, the original. At the original. Yeah. Like, like because this one has the most. little thing that, like, yeah. you could... You're able to see these things more often. You don't really feel like... Like a little cheap death or Yeah, something. although it is worth mentioning... They did take out one... One obstacle. Every obstacle returned into the sequel. Except? Except the... The orange and purple meteor cubes, as I would call them. They... <laughs> Um, that is like a, that's the best way to describe it. It's like these orange and purple cubes, but they're meteors, but they're basically they'll shoot in from any side of the screen. But mm-hmm. if they're orange, you have the only way to dodge them is to jump over them, and uh-huh. if they're purple, the only way to dodge them is to slide under them. Uh-huh. But they'll come in at the most random time. Like you won't, like you'll just be running, and they'll come up from like right on top of you, and you'll just die. <laughs> that sucks. And then sometimes there's like a long tunnel, and there'll be like yeah. thirty of them back to back, and they'll like go from orange, purple, orange, purple. But right. you have, like, no space for, like, for messing up. And the last level is just littered with that and the gold bars and the little yellow bar that I keep talking about. This is, once again, the original game. Yeah, the original. But... I know I keep saying that, but just yeah. to avoid any confusion. <laughs> but this one, like, everything is just more... It's more balanced. It feels more fair. Yeah. And... Well, what, what's your take on... Now, one of the major things they changed is the original was very retro 8-bit graphics. Yeah. Super clean. Like, it was kind of 3D, but it was, like, super clean. Like, I mean, this looks clean, but it's like super, like, cubic. everything was very cubic and rigid and is very clear what's what. This one, very different art style. Very cool in motion, yeah, but it's it definitely more very cluttered. Smooth. Yeah, it's very smooth, but also it has kind of a clutter to it in the sense that, like, you have multiple layers of beige in the first world, for example. Oh, yeah, and then, like, some of the backgrounds are very cool. Like, yeah, no, but, so what, which do you prefer? Because you played both all, pretty much all the way through. I definitely prefer the second one. Yeah, it, it just feels more well, alive, I mean, right? I mean, it's not even, like, that... Or just compare it, them because yeah. like you could tell they put I mean not to say that they put more work into this one I'm sure they put a lot of work into the first one but they put more but, work but, into but, this but one but this one is more of a fleshed out game than right. the first, I mean the first one only had three worlds each with eleven levels mm-hmm. and that's it just three bosses mm-hmm. that's it this one has five worlds five bosses and right. a ton of like hidden levels and hidden yeah. levels within those levels I will yeah which you unlock by finding Famicom games this is definitely more of a full 
packaged in the first yeah. game. But yeah, because the reason I brought up graphics is I'm always. I mean, I don't even think the first one has leaderboards. It might tell you no, the it doesn't. Score, it doesn't. But... There's no online leaderboards. At least not in yeah. the WiiWare version. Uh, I'm always a sucker for retro graphics, so I did like the look of the original runner. But and when I first saw this, in I mean, you could unlock. I mean, if you look at the characters, you there's, can a unlock, retro, yeah, there, there's yeah. a retro. And then I mean, you'll love the last level. Of... Right. Don't spoil too much. You're already getting pretty close. But <laughs> I, don't know, I know. I know. But uh, no, I. It's weird because in screenshots, runner two looked kind of like it just looked busy like overly busy i don't know how to describe oh. it because it's like you have like a giant purple mountain in the background they have like this beige hump and they have the beige world you're in and you have like a beige thing kind of at the foreground it's just like what is going on but in motion in motion i think it looks really great and it fits the aesthetic of like the me- like everything across the game the menus the cutscenes, everything just matches really well and it looks yeah. really good like, I was blown away by how good it looked in motion. Like, I think I prefer it over the original, even though I'm a sucker for retro graphics. No, no, yeah, definitely. Everything. Yeah. But, I mean, the game is also so addicting. and it, it is. It is. But the only problem with that, I mean, you know, obviously, pro- it might yeah. not be for everyone, but, like, once, after playing this game for a long time, like, like nonstop, just, like, on a long marathon, mm-hmm. like, everything starts, like, kind of blending together. You kind of have to, like, look away, and then, like, yeah. okay, like... Yeah, that's what I meant by blending. everything kind of, it's kind of cluttered at yeah, times, but, in the sense that, because lots and, and, of the enemies are the same color palette as the background. No, yeah, and that ends up working against it on the fourth world, which is, I mean, you can see, it, it's like a lava world, so everything's kind of red. Everything's uh, a yeah, shade yeah. of red. Yeah. So, at some point, like... That's yeah. the one downside. Yeah, too. so so that that I kind of thought that was kind of... I mean, and not really to... I mean, I'm not going to spoil what the last world looks like, but that one is kind of the opposite. You have too many things going on that right. it's almost like sensory overload. Like, like I mean, the last boss just has so much... So much is happening, you can't even, like, see stuff right, right. popping up. It's, like, popping up so fast. It's right. Like, wow. Right. Yeah, so, a lot of memorization. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because it's really... The game's really a test of your reflexes and your memory in the sense that if you all beat the level on the first go, you really have to have awesome reflexes because, you know, it's stuff like you'll be dodging and jumping and then, like, kicking through something all in, like, a split second. Like, one, two, three. So you really have to, like, have those reflexes. But the nice thing is if you lose, you either go back to a checkpoint or if you jump the checkpoint, which gives you bonus points but makes it a little harder, you go back to the game stage and then you can just memorize the routine. And it's almost like learning a piece of music. And that's kind of where the musical element comes in, in the sense that yeah. if you start getting in the groove of it, you just know, you know, and you go, like, okay, I'm getting to part after you have bum, bum, bum. Then you go, like, kick, kick, jump, kick, jump, duck. You know, it kind of just fits that rhythm you get into. Yeah, and then just throw so, dancing on top of that, which gives you, like, right. bonus points for, like, taking a risk for dancing. Right, and that's what I was going to say, actually, is they do a really good job of layering not just the music, but also the abilities you learn. Like, the first world is very, like, tutorial, in the sense that first you only jump, then you start to slide, then you learn to kick, then by the end of, at the end of World 1, you learn to dance. Then you do and, hover, like, to use Right, hover, right, and you do all the things, like, in between... And they give you, like, two levels, I'd say about two levels per ability to learn the ability. So it's one level where it teaches yeah, you, and then one level where you like, apply it. For a long time. Yeah, right. so, and they keep doing that throughout the game, where it's, they teach you something, you, you apply to something, then you learn something else, then you apply that. Then you take the two you previously learned and apply them together. Then you get another new ability. Like, they do a really good job of kind of easing you in, so you're not overwhelmed, but yeah. you still have, like... Because, like, I mean, it's not insane, right? It's like, you have to go, like kick jump you know kick jump punch or, or kick jump duck or whatever really fast but if you the way they ease you in it doesn't feel that yeah, challenging yeah. like I mean, it's, it's challenging and, and, and but it's not top, like frustrating yeah. and i mean and on top of that like in each level sometimes you have a branching pass and one will point like this is the easier pass and yeah this is the harder yeah pass. there's a green arrow and a so red arrow if you jump the checkpoint and you're like i really don't want to die so here you yeah. take the easier pass but if you want more points it's really just there just for more yeah points. and or to of, find treasure chests and, and lots right. of stuff and whatnot. and speaking of points the whole game is hooked online you have the option right when you boot it do you want to play online or not? And if it's online, your score instantly is posted to a leaderboard. When you start any level, there's this is actually a really cool feature. There's a mini leaderboard of 
your top five friends if you have five friends Ooh, that own the I'm game. I'm number one. Yeah, you're number one on like everything. But um, it's cool because top five thanks, levels. Yeah, thanks to you guys, actually, the listener. I have a pretty. <laughs> Is it worth it? Because like, oh, we actually have people. Yeah, to I was gonna say we. I actually have a pretty good list of people that own the game. I think there's like six or seven of you at least, and um, so it's really fun because I do a level and I see all these high scores, and then it's just really fun to try. Like you're I've been, less. I've been insisting <laughs> on getting perfects on every level i played because i want to be on that leaderboard i can't not be in those top four i have to be like no i can't host a podcast and then lose to like every listener that doesn't that doesn't work so so that's really that's a really cool hook in the sense that it's not just about like getting a perfect in a level which is just collecting all the gold you see and not hanging at me and getting to the level it's also and getting those little red crosses it's also like you want to get that high score and that's a big it's almost like the arcade, like old arcade games in a way, where it's like high score actually means something because yeah. you're there with all your friends virtually, and every time you play a level, it's like, hey, here's a reminder that Jose is twenty times better than you. You better top that score. Yeah, because I mean, before you learn how to dance, you're gonna max out like the score friends. You're gonna be like, yeah, dancing first place is where and everything, and then you're like, wait, like, how can I, how am I supposed to beat this guy? Like, I got the high score possible. Yeah, but then once you learn to dance, you start seeing that people have like, yeah, and that's where the your real times a hundred, and that's where that the competition really comes in because you have to find out. You need to figure out the best way, the best places to dance at the best yeah, time, which, without which in the end screwing means up. you could potentially max out the score again because you could just find out the best. Ways to dance yeah, but even then though. It's still like not. No, you can't guarantee every single one of your friends will do that. So you still get bragging rights if you can find no, every yeah. moment to dance. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the only thing, if I had to find one thing to slightly complain about, if anything, I mean, go ahead, not, yeah, can, go ahead. It's the target at the end. Oh yeah. So if, if you get it, a per- real quick, wait, real quick. If you get a perfect, they can give you an extra bonus of up to fifty thousand points. I think. 10, if you, maybe, I, I think it's ten. Yeah, maybe ten. So what happens if you get a perfect? You run into a cannon, and they have a chance to hit a bullseye. You get right, and you get points pound where you hit bullseye. You get ten or fifty or whatever thousand. But uh, yeah, I kind of agree that's been necessary because it artificially boosts your score. Yeah, because it's not so much random. But then, like now, this doesn't affect if, if, if you don't hit the center. Yeah, um, you still get a little exclamation mark saying, "Oh, you beat it was a perfect," yeah, you but you get... don't have a plus perfect. Yeah, you and still now all get... of a sudden it's exactly. like, wait, like oh man, now I want to get that plus perfect. But you have to play through but the whole level. But then you play through the whole level yeah. only to miss the cannon again, and then you have to do that whole thing again. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Kind of, At least a, you can still get a element of randomness. I mean, you could get good enough to always get a perfect, but yeah. If you stop playing, like, after a few days, you're going to miss it a few times and then... Yeah, like, exactly. That happened to me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. as long as you get... Like, perfects aren't... Like you said, perfects are not... Dri- you can get a perfect regardless of the bullseye, but you can't get a bullseye unless you get a perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, like, one... Yeah. And you can't get a plus perfect. Exactly. But one, one thing worth mentioning... That's like, we talk- stop trying to get perfects in the last world is to beat uh, the yeah, game, yeah. and now I'm going to go back, go back and yeah. try and to there, and there's, uh, steal some number one spot. We talked a lot about gameplay, but just in terms of the vibe of the game, just really quick, uh, just some thoughts of, I'm going to, I guess, run through really fast. Uh, okay, we talked about graphics and how good it looked. I mentioned that was charming, but I really want to stress... They did a great job with the cutscenes, with the menus, with Charles Martinet as the narrator, as Charles Martinet, like, as himself. Like, it's just so well done. Like, it does not, it's so polished. It's so well done. Charles Martinet has some pretty good lines. Every time you boot the game, it's like, today's episode is sponsored by made-up company Y, and it's always these kind of ridiculous companies. Like, it's just a really, like, from start to finish, it's just a really, like, enjoyable experience. Like, I don't know how better to word it than that. Like, you know, you could say, like, a game is fun, but this is just, like, enjoyable like it's really fun but it also has this like entertainment value that is different like almost like watching a cartoon yeah it's like it's that's why i'm saying enjoyable versus fun like it is a really fun game as a game but it's also enjoyable to like watch and just like soak in so that that's cool about it in my opinion and um so i think that's pretty much it yeah it's totally a buy it's 15 bucks on the e-shop there's a demo or at least there was they pulled it randomly but i think it's back 
Um, definitely check it out. It's worth every penny. It's it's arguably the best eShop game available. Mm-hmm. It's and arguably... It's and it's arguably... Yeah, it's best on Wii because it's faster load times and a couple other things because they use uh, off-TV play, like we said earlier. But also, it's arguably one of the best games on Wii U at the moment. Not just on eShop, generally speaking. Like, it's a very polished, fun experience. It is on other consoles, but if you have a Wii U... I say if we uh, Gaijin, Gaijin, Gaijin Games, the guys that made this, they're being very active on Miiverse. They're, uh, you know, they're really engaged with the community, which is a plus that it has over the other systems. And they've been Nintendo developers. Like, they started, BitTrip started on Wii. It's uh, its home is Nintendo. That's why uh, Charles Martinet is doing the voice, because they wanted to, you know, feel at home. So you got Martinet to do the voice since he's Mario. So you might as well, if you have the choice, I'd recommend the Wii U version. I haven't played the others. I mean, I know they all play basically the same, but faster load times, Miiverse, it just seems like a lot. And, you know, this is their home. It seems like a logical choice. If you have a Wii. If you have a Wii. Otherwise, get it for whatever you have, because it's worth it. It's or on Steam as well. Or buy Wii just for this game. Or buy Wii just for this game. Yeah, and then you, have, you get other games in the future. But, um, Good launch game. Yeah. Another game you could get, actually, check out this transition. I need to stop saying that today. Another game you could get is Mighty Switch Force Hyperdrive Edition. I, uh, we're a Switch only. I'm the only one that owns this. Jose is the original 3DS version, but I'm going to talk about primarily the HD so version. You can that, jump in. So it's to say like gameplay and everything still stands. Like, I would assume so, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. So I got it for 5 bucks when it was on sale. It's currently back up at 10 but I was very happy with the purchase. Um, so the game, you know, I know we, talk, we talked about way back last year on the podcast, and Jose did a good job describing it, but it's been a while, so I kind of forgot the basic premise. I knew it was kind of a platformer. And it looks kind of Mega Man-ish at first glance, but it's really not. And I want to stress that if someone's expecting like a Mega Man running gun platformer, that it is not. What it is, it's more of a scavenger hunt on a 2D plane with puzzles. So it's really fun, but it's not like Mega Man at all, even though it kind of looks it. So what it is, is each level you have to find the five hooligan sisters as Officer Patricia Wagon. Paddy wagging, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so some of the levels are, you know, typical platforming left to right. You you, sh- you do shoot enemies. You do... You lost something there. <laughs> Drop the pen cap. Oh. You do shoot enemies. You do dodge obstacles and um, that sort of thing. But you're primarily interested in collecting these five sisters who are scattered around. So, in the left to right levels, they just cross your path. In some levels, they're, like, all around you. So you have to, like, it's more like a Metroid style or castle, a Metroidvania sort of setup where you're going different directions and coming back to the center and then going somewhere else all within one level. So it's it's more, it's definitely kind of a puzzly thing. But once you know where they are, it's all about how fast you can get them. And the game implements what they call a par system where they have time. Par times are really low yeah, on the, the DS. The par times are insane for mm-hmm. a lot of them. Uh, so the par, yeah, the idea is get them within par and you score par. You don't get anything extra as far as I can tell if you get par. No, just... Just pride. Yeah, pride. But, so, and you could post it to Miiverse because it is on Wii U now with the HD version, so. But, um, so you get par, uh, or you try and get par by going as quick as you can. So really it's, at first it's about discovery and scavenger hunt, and that's about how can you find the quickest route to do everything. And the puzzle element comes in in that you're not just going around shooting enemies and finding these girls, but you're, that sounds weird out of context. So you shoot the enemies and you find the girl. But you, uh, you're you're also interacting with the environment. There are these blocks that shift between the foreground and the background. You could tell this was made for 3DS originally because, you know, on 3D, in 3D it'd be up front or set back. And it looks so, cool in 3D. And it does look cool in 3D. Uh, on, Wii, on Wii U it works. Like, they just, you know, they just yeah, are just, 3D. I'm it just goes like, from transparent to Yeah, it goes from translucent solid. to solid, yeah. Not transparent or it wouldn't really be visible at all. No, translucent. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... 
you do that, you use that to, you know, navigate blocks and get through stuff. But you also have to often lure enemies in, this I didn't expect, lure enemies into where the block would be and then smash them with it into the screen. Once again, it has like a screen crack effect. Uh, effect. So once again, it looked great in 3D and it looks good because it's HD on the Wii U, but it's missing the actual oomph. But moving beyond just the uh, gameplay itself, the game, well, the game, it's in HD, so it looks really good. Everything, they've replaced all the sprites with hand-drawn, which looks really nice. And uh, the other thing is the sound. To, p- to put it simply, the sound is very loud. Like, it's like, I have to, my, my TV's usually at, like, 20. What TV? Like a volume, not, yeah, but my, no, but I mean, like, my, the volume on my TV is, like, set to, like, I don't know, like, 22 in the, like, spectrum. I have to move it down to 8 to make it the volume that the Wii U menu was before the game started. <laughs> like, it's insanely loud. It's, like, screaming at you. And it's funny, because, like, the main character says things like, uh, Justice served! And, like, all these, like, quippy little, like... And it's, like, super loud. So it's, yummy. Like, yeah, yummy! So the game, like, boots up, and then she's just like, Justice served! And it's just, like, obnoxiously loud. <laughs> Luckily, uh, the developers know it, and they're playing an update. They asked on Miiverse, like, what sort of things they could change. And one of the things they said, oh, yeah, fix they... the sound? Question mark. As if, like, people were okay with having their ear- their TV speakers <laughs> blown out. <laughs> but if you if you ignore that... It is, like, it is a really good game, if you ignore the weird sound. Um, so I guess, I guess to wrap it up, my thoughts on it, I enjoy, I really like it for five bucks. It's short, though, so for ten bucks, it's, like, eleven levels or something, I think. So for ten bucks, I don't, that's, like, a dollar, a little under a dollar a level, so use your best judgment, but if it ever goes on sale again, buy it in a heartbeat. I think that's the best way I can sum it up. Like, I love the price I got it at. I don't know if I played double, but I pay anything in between. Wait, it's ten bucks on the Wii U? It's ten bucks on the Wii U. Five, I got it for five. And if they ever drop the price again, I'd recommend it at a heartbeat. But if you the whole time, how much 10, is it on the three? I think I think for like seven or I think it's eight or seven. Oh, yeah, because I remember when I first got, it, I didn't think it was that worth it until they gave it the extra levels. Yeah, and then it was. So I think I think yeah, because it's short. It's like eleven levels. So I think or yeah, something like that. Sixteen, so, right? Because you have the extra levels. I don't know if the HD yeah. one has the extra levels. I'm on level uh, I'm on level nine, so I'm not so, sure. No, you're not. You're not at the extra levels. No, I know, but I'm not sure if it comes. Oh, up. I don't know. But either way. Uh, it still seems kind of iffy at 10, but I, I really enjoyed it for 5, so. No. So if it ever, like I said, if it ever goes on sale, it's definitely worth downloading. It's a fun little game. And, uh, since we're talking about My Switch Force, it's worth mentioning also that, uh, My Switch Force 2 was confirmed for 3DS. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, um, it's coming, it's gonna be on the 3DS eShop. All we know thus far is that the main character, Officer Paddy Wagon, or Patricia Wagon, is, uh, ditching her police work for a, quote, surprising career change. And that the game will be coming out in the next coming in the coming months, as they put it. So we know nothing, basically. But it's coming. Well, will it be it's, a career choice that still uses her name as a pun? We don't know. Only time will tell. But yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning that it is on the horizon. So if you like the first game on 3DS or you get it on Wii U and like it at whatever price, then sequels in the works. Sort of um, patty cake game. That's the only other place where I think Patty Wagon comes out. Patty wagons and patty cake? Not patty cake, but one of those hand slapping games. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's a whole game of hand-slapping, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's it for impressions of games that are already out, but there's a couple upcoming games that we had a chance to try out that or well, there's two upcoming games we had a chance to try out that are probably worth mentioning. Um, first up is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, which came out very recently, the demo. came out this past week, and uh, the final game comes out March 24th. And a couple thoughts. One, that is a long demo like 45 minutes long i was impressed i enjoyed it it was just like i was like oh i'll play it for 15 minutes well, i mean right when you start the demo it says like oh the save data from this game will transfer to the right actual but game. So i'm for, like okay it's probably going to be a lot but it also says that for Dempaman and a few other shorter demos oh it does it says it for Dempaman, it says it for uh one etrian odyssey 4 and those aren't that long yeah but this one's like 
Yeah, it but, keeps going. But since it's an RPG, I think they did a good job by starting at oh, no, the very, very it, beginning. Yeah, no, they have to. Also, like somewhere in the middle. Cause they let you play a whole. They let you go through the intro. You go through the tutorial, and then you play a whole dungeon, which is the best way they could present it. It's just, it just, I'm not complaining. It's just, yeah, and it, it gives you really kind long. of, and it gives you a good feel. It gives you a good yeah. feel of the vibe of the it game. It made me kind of care about the characters. Yeah, it's interesting because I played, Pokemon. I've never owned Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but I played it at Comic-Con, the first one, in 2006 at Nintendo's booth for like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, this is all right. But then like playing it now, I was actually kind of interested in it. Like, I don't think I'm going to get when it comes out on March 24th. That's, I'm getting Luigi's Mansion that day. But I could see myself getting it like if it drops in price in like half a year. Like, it, it's fun. It's, a, it's an enjoyable little game. Yeah, but, I was pleasantly surprised, too. I thought, yeah. I thought that always looked kind of boring. I mean... I never liked Dungeon Crawl. Yeah, so the game... Dungeon, whatever right. subgenre it is. Right. So for those who haven't played it, the game's basically... It's like Dungeon Crawl. It's a lot like the other Mystery Dungeon games where your um, goal is you're exploring these randomly generated dungeons, you're trying to collect loot or specific items or whatever, and it's all about... real. It's all real-time battles combined with, like conservation of all your items like managing your items in real time in real time battles and like a strategic Wait, way is your does your health always regenerate that's what yeah that's why i think that's why i'm saying it's more about managing items than about you because yeah. you can die if you're surrounded by a couple because all the pokemon you battle it's not like in the normal games where they like you know the bushes like you're walking through the bushes and that goes into the battle animation they just are in the yeah they're in sleeping the, and you just walk by them or they're awake and they yeah. come at you or whatever so it's real time so that's why i said when uh it's more about, like, item conservation and yeah. health. Because unless you're bombarded by, like, three, they're all around you, you can pretty easily avoid them if you need to. Or you can just, you know, recover health as soon as you beat them. So, yeah. yeah but um, real-time battles were a lot funner than I expected. Yeah, it is. Because you have, like, all your moves. It's like you have faster four... Pokemon. Yeah, like, yeah. Pokemon battles are pretty Exactly. Slow. You have four moves so. just like normal Pokemon. But they're mapped to different buttons. So you just hold down L and then pick your move and go. And then, they... and then you can, uh... you know, you have a party of up to five Pokemon. The demo only has you and a friend, though. And, uh, like, you and a Pokemon friend, not real life. And, uh, and... But you get to name So the two of you... Yeah, you get a name. And the two of you together fight. Wait, so you could be you? buying different Pokemon. I was I was Snivy, of course. Snivy? Isn't it Snivy? I think it's Snivy. I think it's Snivy. Pretty sure it's Snivy. What's Smugleaf? That's what it really is. Who's your partner? Uh, Tepic. Wow. I got... <laughs> I did the exact opposite. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I needed to be the the pompous-looking Snivy. Snivy. Smugleaf. <laughs> But, uh, cause he's just awesome. He's like the best Pokemon, um, in a while. Anyway. Uh, what was I gonna say? So yeah, so the battle pad, it's kind of interesting because previously the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games were on DS, so they had only a D-pad. This has the circle pad. So when you're in the environment, it's like when you're going to town, when you're going to the town and talking to, like, the other Pokemon or buying stuff, you have full 360 degree motion. But when you're in the dungeon, you have, like, D-pad motion, and then, like, you can go diagonal. So it feels very, like, odd to use... You can only go diagonal if you use the circle pad, but it feels like you're like, it's hard to describe. It feels like sometimes it gets kind of stuck. Yeah, it's like it gets stuck. You either get stuck or you just like it's just like very jerky because it's not like full 360. It's like you have like 16 degrees. Especially if you play with the fast forward on. Fast forward. Yeah, if you hold B, you like fast. Oh yeah, 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 It's almost like you're teleporting. Right, but it's just like it's really weird in dungeons to use the stick. Because it's nice that they accounted for diagonals with the stick, but it's weird how it's like it feels. It feels very strange in dungeons. The control, the movement controls. And also there were times where, like, I was trying to, like, hit an enemy with the... You know, I'd want to face an enemy and do an attack with the stick. But then, like, I'd end up going diagonal somehow. Because, like, just how, like, the, li- the map is laid out. And I'd be like, oh, well, okay, I guess I need to waste a turn turning again. Like, that's only a millisecond, but still, you get hit when you don't want to get hit, so... Were you able to get the Magna Gate thing to work? Yeah. 
I yeah, that's it. To, I was going to get to that. I aimed it at everything circular, and it just wouldn't work. Yeah, so first, uh, real quick, so what the demo does is it walks you through... We'll get to Mind and Gate, because that's like the second feature. Yeah. But it walks you through the intro of the game. You meet your fellow character, your partner. You uh, It follows the same story as all the other games, where you're a human that's somehow in the Pokemon world and can understand Pokemon as if they're speaking English. Because, you know, that... And to them, makes, humans are just a myth. And to them, are. humans are just a myth, and you fell from the other side of the sky. Because this all makes perfect sense. And, uh, yeah, so that happens. You meet the Pokemon. You learn that what the goal... they knew what Pokemon's fates are. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Before they knew they were in slavery on the (laughs) other side of the sky. But, um, you... You, instead of being a guild, you, uh... Like, in the other games, it's about building a guild and doing adventures. So this one, you're doing adventures to further build out your Pokemon Paradise, which is a patch of land that your partner purchases. Your Pokemon partner. And so the whole concept of the game isn't quite, like... It's not about, like, I'm going to go do this mission because I want to earn more whatever. It's about, I'm going to do this to get this thing to further my Pokemon Paradise, be it a house built, as in the demo, or other things later in the game. And to save that Pokemon that looks like got eaten by a Hydreigon. Right, right. In the intro, they show a Pokemon that gets eaten by another Pokemon. So that's, like, in the back of your mind, as is, why are you a Pokemon and not a human? Fun fact. That Pokemon Hmm. that was being chased, I think it's called the Muna, I don't know what. Yeah. Um, That Pokemon's design was based off of... um, in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, I think it is, one of the, some random NPC you talk to says, wouldn't it be nice if there's a Pokemon, a small round Pokemon with a floral design on it, and they just based it off of that. <laughs> that's kind of funny. So, yeah. That's a little random. Just yeah, like just random like, aside from one it's, character. It's almost like, like oh, we game. need another Pokemon. Or, yeah. <laughs> we have a Pokemon idea right here in yeah. the game. <laughs> that's funny. But, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so all the, there's dialogue. It's a lot like a normal RPG. Actually, the dialogue's really, actually kind of good. Like, Nintendo did a good job with the localization. They even threw in a call me maybe joke. What? Which was weird. If you talk to the Whoa, owner... I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you talk to the owner of the restaurant in the town, after you, like, do the dungeon, the one dungeon quest, she'll say, oh, you can call... My name's uh, Swan, or you can call me blah, blah, blah. Just don't call me maybe. And it's like, really, Nintendo? That's, that, that's funny now, but in two years, people are going to look back and groan. Like, it's not going <laughs> to... But, I, you know, it's clever that they threw it in. two years from now. Good point. But it's weird. Nintendo lately has been throwing a lot of meme-related things into their games. Like, Fire Emblem has a few, too. But so it's kind of clever, in the present, at least. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that, pretty much... I mean, it's a fun game. Way better than I expected. Um, like I said, I don't think I'm going to pick it up day one. But you did mention the, ma- the Magna Gate, which is probably worth talking about. So in addition to the one dungeon you get, you also get to do a Magna Gate, which is a randomly... Gen- oh, all the dungeons are randomly generated. That's one of the hooks of the game. So you can keep going back and doing more dungeon crawling and getting more stuff more loot but uh the, another way you can do it is with the magna gate which is an augmented reality thing where you point your 3ds at a round object and what it will normally do is when it works when it well even i mean in the full game is it'll take that object a pikachu will appear and dive into the object ar it's max right there and then uh <laughs> and then the, the uh the round object will become the premise of a dungeon the dungeon will look like a normal dungeon but the color scheme and the roughly like some aspects of it will be based loosely on the object so it'll look like the color it'll have maybe some if there's like a giant groove through it, sure it might have a groove through the dungeon colored orange object yeah so. but so in the demo it doesn't it doesn't really generate a dungeon but it's not based on color or anything only in the final game do you get that perk but um you still get to watch pikachu dive into a piece of plastic thing on your floor or whatever it is that you're doing so so that's kind of nice that they threw it in there just to show you the potential but doesn't really do a whole lot in the demo. It's another why not. Yeah, really the whole... Honestly, the whole game to me is just kind of like... It's not like a why not, but just kind of like a... Oh, 
I had no interest in this, but now it's like, eh, yeah, why not? I'll play it someday. So, I mean, that's it, it must have worked. Like, Nintendo caught our... You said the same thing earlier. They kind of... Yeah. Like, you said you weren't interested. They caught our attention I mean, like, a little. Yeah, I was never interested in the series, and I acknowledge it. Yeah, see, I, I'm interested enough to say one day I will buy it, but I don't know when that day will be, and I don't think I'll pay full price. Yeah, but, I mean, because I'm not big, I'm not big on out, RPGs. Like, I'm not big on like roguelike RPGs like this. But especially if it's going to be coming out on the same day as other games. Mansion. So. Yeah, and one game yeah. that actually comes out right before, and this is a uh, good chance to switch gears here, is Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, which is actually hitting both uh, 3DS and Wii U on the same day, which I believe is March 19th, same day as Need for Speed on Wii U, and. Um, there's a demo that's been out for a few weeks from Capcom on both the 3DS and Wii U. It's the exact same game, just with different graphics because different systems. So it's kind of it's kind of weird to play the same demo on two different systems. Yeah, but um, so I don't know. You, I know you're more interested in Monster than me. So do you want to go first on this one or? Uh, I guess. I mean, it. Do you want me to try to do the premise of the like, game first, and then you can give impressions? Well, or? I mean, I, I mean, after playing the demo. It didn't really make me want the game more or less. It was just kind of there. Yeah, just because... I don't know. It's one of those games where... If I just play from the middle or something, I won't be interested at all. Just because... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you don't really get yeah. the investment well, of wanting to use those weapons. Because you get like 20 different weapons. Well, not 20, I guess but, I guess maybe should I know. take the lead on this since you know you're buying it, but I'm, I had no yeah, I'm just buying it because like, I wanted to get the Wii U one. I started playing it, but never had it. Yeah, so here here's what Monster Hunter is. At its core... It's a, basically an RPG of sorts in which you are going and fighting monsters, hunting down monsters. That's the whole premise. But you do a it, world where PETA but, doesn't exist. Yeah, it's a world where PETA doesn't exist, and I will get to that in a minute, actually, because <laughs> one of the monsters I actually felt pity for. It's very strange. But, um, yeah, so you're going and you're getting all these monsters, and you're fulfilling missions of finding these monsters, and you do it by exploring these worlds that are sectioned into different, like... Like, it'll be like, here, you're on this map, or you're in this realm, and then within it, there's individual little numbered sections. So you're in, like, Zone 1, and then you walk out of Zone 1, it loads Zone 2, and you're in Zone 2. So it's, like, these loosely connected sections that are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Makes sense? So as you go through these sections, you find the monsters, and you ultimately battle them. And the whole premise of the game is you want to uh, do these battles and get these monsters and get the items that they may drop and the meat they may give, because that lets you beef up your character and beef up your weapons to get more monsters and do more along that line. So basically it's a never-ending cycle of killing monsters, getting stuff, Using that stuff against tougher monsters, rinse and repeat, etc., etc. That's in a nutshell. It's literally I made what the it. Title, I mean, it's, it's what the title monster, says, monster, and it's huge it. in Japan. Like this is like the biggest friend. Like the fact that Nintendo has this exclusively on its systems now is huge. Like this was what sold the PlayStation, the original PSP, when it came out. Like this was the game that everyone bought PSPs for, and now it's only on Nintendo for a few years. So, with that said, Monster Hunter 3's demo. Uh, Monster Hunter 3's Ultimate Demo. On either system, you get two level, you get two missions. One's considered easier, one's considered harder. They are. Uh, the easy one, you're in a snowy world and you're hunting down this, essentially a giant rabbit. And in the harder demo, you're in a water world of sorts and you're fighting this dragon that can be in the ocean or on land, whatever he chooses, really. So you get to go back and forth between the two. And for me... The big, I don't know, it just didn't click with me. I mean, I could see the appeal for people, I guess because I don't like dungeon, like hack and slash, which is what this is, but you're basically chasing this monster, and you just keep, there's no auto lock, there's no, you get companions, the whole premise, there's the, auto lock? Nope. Yeah. How? With L. It's not auto lock, it pivots the camera behind you, but then they can walk away, it's not like Zelda's auto lock. No, yeah, if you keep pressing it, it locks onto the target at all what? times. What? How come it didn't work for me? I was holding it for a minute, nothing happened. Oh, you're not supposed to hold it, you're supposed to tap it. 
Are you sure it locks? I think it just spins no, it the camera. Locks. Oh, well, okay. Let me... Wow, that one made it I didn't lot... know that until my second... That one made the demo, demo much easier. That's so why I'm like, oh, I can't aim... Because I, well, <laughs> I was using the gun thing, and I just right. kept missing... I did the, those... the dual swords, which actually worked pretty well. But, um... All right, fine. Ignoring the auto-lock thing. So how it works is you're either fighting on your own, or you have companions. In the demo, you have two computer-controlled munchkin-looking Or friends. Things. But, yeah, or friends. And in the final game, you'll have friends online or locally. Um, or you can do a mix of 3DS and Wii U friends, which is kind of neat. You can have one person on the gamepad, three on the 3DS one. Um, connectivity. So... You're going and hunting these monsters, and you're fighting them with, uh... You can use your swords, you have items you can use, potions you can use on yourself, or you can drop bombs that they, you can hopefully time so the bad guy is on top of it when it explodes. And then the the big thing, from my understanding with the game, is it's all about, like, observing how the monster reacts and knowing what to do in those situations. Like, you can't... You can hack and slash it, but you'll start noticing it's limping on one side, so you go for the other your side. Your character's also really slow, so like if that. you just, like, hack and slash a lot, you'll probably miss, but then yep. it takes your character a long time to recover, and then you'll get hit. Yep. And you definitely don't want to get here. You don't want to get hit near one of the exits because if you just loaded up one of the new zones and then you get hit back right into the other zone, you'll yeah. load up. Yeah, no, zone. that happened to me so many times. That drove me that crazy. That rabbit kept tackling me back into the that zone. That drove me crazy. It's super annoying because of the load time. That's why and I, made, I learned how to dodge. That's why I made... Crazy. Yeah, but even then I felt like I was still getting pushed because <laughs> you could dodge in a way that you'll dodge right into the other zone and you're stuck in the... Like if you dodge left but you're like at the right angle where the rabbit's coming at you, you'll dodge into the other zone. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, but it's just, that's what, that's the one thing that really drove me crazy about the game, is that, it because, and that's why I stress that's in zones, is because those load times really get in the way. Like, you'll be fighting, and suddenly you're in a different zone, and you're like, crap, now you go back. The load time's like maybe two seconds, three seconds, but the fact that it's like interrupting the gameplay, and when you go back... And the music, too, like, you'll be hearing, yeah, like, the orchestrated, like, music, battle music, and then, and then yeah. it just stops, and then you go, then you're hearing, like, the peaceful yeah. music, because the Like, I could see there, why right? people like it, I guess it's just not for me, but uh, the, the one thing I did want to say is finding that rabbit... I don't know why, maybe because there's a rabbit, but like, when it, it started looked, limping... I think it nothing looked like a rabbit at all. It kind of looks like a rabbit. When I started limping... Right. To, me, <laughs> to me. When it started like limping and like, actually like crying out a little and like wobbling, I was like, oh man, I feel bad. Why am I beating this thing up? But I kept going. <laughs> but I just, I felt bad. Like, I was like, man, I shouldn't oh. feel bad about digital rabbit monster beast thing. The dragon, I didn't feel any emotion oh. for. Well, it's a you have like ten different weapons to pick one, and each one's yeah. really different. I mean, we yeah. have like a gun, a bow. Yeah, I tried it with like the, the long sword and the dual swords, and even those—they're both swords. It felt hugely different. Yeah, but I mean, just like the original game, I remember I didn't really get into it until I bought it, just because when right. I played the original demo back on the Wii, I was like, eh, it don't, it yeah, it doesn't. But, but once I started playing it from the very beginning and actually learned how to play right and have, like, some more context, then I started getting more It just interested. doesn't demo well. I think that's yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not it a good game to demo. It doesn't demo well, and in my case, it's a game from the <laughs> if, start. If, I wasn't that interested. If anything, it seemed like a perfect game to demo if you already know you're going to get it. Cause, um, yeah, it's, like, have, a t- it's like a taste yeah. for those who want Yeah, because some people are like, oh, can I get to study all the mechanics before the game comes out? Yeah. And, and then for me, it's just like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, like, I mean, it's like starting an RPG from the middle of the game with no context. That's and, literally and you, what yeah. it was. I mean, yeah, obviously, I made it sound like you just go monster hunting, which you do, but there is a bit of a story and stuff. Too, yeah, they I'm just sure. drop you in, and then I was like, no. Yeah, and this, they literally <laughs> just drop you in, so it's like, okay. <laughs> but you get, and, and go time, this. And also, there's time limits on the hunts, which add to the intensity. Like, yeah. you have 20 minutes in demo. Ten. I think it's... 10. 10 minutes. Is it 10? Yeah, no, it's 20. should be 10. It's 20. I definitely know it's 20, because halfway, it told me I had 10 minutes left, and I was like, oh. That's probably all I remember then. Yeah. <laughs> the 10 is stuck. But, uh, yeah, it's 20 minutes. I think in the final game, some of the missions give you, like, 40 or 50, right? Like, some of the missions are much longer. I assume so. Some of those monsters are huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I could see the potential for people that like it, but I don't know. Just wasn't for me. But um, it is definitely a high-profile release. And a couple things of interest. 
the like comparing 3ds and wii u obviously wii u's looks a little better because it's hd but it's funny if you look at the gamepad on the wii u it's literally like you could tell it's a port of a 3ds version that's just up res because like be so part of a wii what well, was port to 3ds oh, and right, then yeah, to yeah, wii u yeah, yeah, right. so 3ds and wii u um i mean they were announced they came out at the same time yeah. or shortly thereafter but you know it went Wii, Wii, 3DS, Wii U. And you could tell that from 3DS to Wii U, they just moved things over. Because if you look at, like, you know, the 3DS, the top screen's widescreen, the bottom screen is letterbox. When you look at the Wii U version, the gamepad, which is the bottom screen, you have the letterboxed menu, and they just have, like, filler on the sides. Like, just, like, designs. Like, you could tell they're just like, oh, well, we don't want to redo the menu. We'll just make it fit. Because the TV's already the right right aspect ratio, but they don't want to have to change the bottom. So that just struck me as kind of funny. So I'm like, oh, yep, this is definitely important. But it does look good in HD, I'll say that. Like, some of the landscapes, particularly during the dragon fight, look really nice. Yeah, I mean, although the water you looks... You both console. Yeah, yeah although the water, definitely, you could tell it was a Wii game originally. The water looks really, like... It's just, like, a flat blue slab of blue. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got about Monster Hunter. I guess the only other thing is fans that are... Or people... Fans of the series that are actually looking forward to this one, so you. And whoever's Well, listening. I mean, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I just... Had the first one, played it a little bit. Fine, let me rephrase. Fans that are and listening. I gave up on it because I knew, I'm like, I'll just get yeah. another trip. So, so fans this is my first are, trip. Right. Fans that are listening will be happy to hear. Well, there is already online play, as we know, but Capcom confirmed that two of the most anticipated requests, or two of the most anticipated features and highly requested features are actually coming to fruition. Uh, I can't talk. Are actually happening. First is cross region online play as a go, which means North America and Europe will be able to play against each other. It used to be region only. And second is that there will be off-TV play support. Originally, you had to only play on the TV, and the lower screen would only display what was on the game, you know, only display basically the bottom screen of the 3DS. But now you can pull it down to the bottom screen, to the gamepad, and not have anything, you know, not have that menu on the bottom screen. So both of those are going to be coming out in April update, and they're also planning regular free DLC hunts and missions. And those will start alongside the game's launch on March 19th, and they'll be released regularly. And they are, like I said, free. No. So Capcom's really stepping up. They're really listening to fans, and they've said that this is—they think this is the big break for the franchise. Like the fact that it's going to be on Wii U and 3DS at the same time. They're cross-compatible. This is like the big push, more mm-hmm. so than Tri was on the Wii. It's going to be so. nice to have a big retail game to play on the Wii U. Yep. Pretty much just been downloadable games. Yep. But I'm looking forward to Need for Speed. That comes out the same day. Oh. And uh, we'll actually have impressions of both Monster Hunter and Need for Speed in our next episode. But before we wrap up. One game to quickly talk about, it's already out, but uh, we both played the demo, right? Yep. Is uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate. A uh, couple things. One, some of the scenery in that game, not so much the character, but some of the like mansions and stuff look really nice. The game looks great. It looks really good. Like The 3D looks really sharp and really the models, nice. The models, the way it animates, everything is so cool. Yeah, it looks really good. There's some cool like 3D in your face moments, like the gremlin lead yeah. guy gang zone. Um, it has a really good soundtrack, actually. It's fully orchestrated. Uh, it sounds great, which makes sense given that there are 237 musicians in the orchestra that record the music. But, and it, you know, it feels like Castlevania. Like, from what we played. From what we played. I mean, we only played that. We're not the biggest Castlevania. Yeah, here's, I have uh, one or two of the DS ones I really enjoyed. And this, like, from the few minutes I played it, it felt like Castlevania. It definitely has, like, a bit of a Western feel to it compared to, like, like the older Castlevanias were distinctly, like, Japanese, you know what I mean? But this, like, they felt like, you know, a problem. I mean, I just went in expecting a guy with a whip hitting everything, and that's what I got. I, I went in just, I think I went in expecting the DS. <laughs> I think I went in I expecting what I expected. Nothing yeah, well, I went in expecting, less. like, the DS ones, but in 3D. Actually, I got cool graphics. I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, no, I, I went in expecting the DS one in 3D. So I got the cool graphics, the orchestra music, and then I got what's definitely a slightly different slant on Castlevania. Yeah, sounds like a stall for you. 
No, no, not exactly. Because, like, I enjoyed it, but I don't know, something... Like, I really enjoyed it, but it was hard, first of all. I died a lot. Oh. I, I don't know why. Maybe I just am bad at it. But there's that, and then there's very mixed reviews out there. Like, I enjoyed the part I played, but it felt like... I was like, okay, I hope it does more than what this demo has, because if it's just this demo over and over again, you know, if it's just, like, you do this in another section, in another section, it get a little repetitive. And then I saw some other reviews, and while some really liked it, others said... It's basically the same rooms over and over again. So. Yeah, it has yeah. a 73 or 4 on Metacritic, so it's really all over the place. So I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get it, but I could see if you're... They tried... You could tell they tried to take, like, the DS Castlevania and kind of combine it with, like, the more western-y, like, third-person action game of Lord of Shadows, or Lords of Shadow, and they kind of have this weird middle ground. Like, the dynamic camera's kind of cool, but sometimes it, like, sca- it moves weirdly, so, like, an enemy you're fighting suddenly off-screen, so you have to, like, kind of move back to where he is to bring him back but then the first time you're fighting he's off the other side of the screen now so you have to keep moving back and forth like there's weird little things like yeah. that that the DS one didn't have because it didn't do like sweeping like cinematic western-y you know because western games are way more cinematic in that regard so I don't know it, it's definitely not bad by any means like if you're a hardcore Castlevania fan I'm sure you'll find something you like but to or me it's just kind of like it because it's not exactly like your old Castlevania that's game, true which, yeah, it, which apparently seems to be the big criticism that it's not yeah. a true Castlevania game like Star Fox Assault, people didn't like for around. It's the best Star Fox I like Star game. Fox Assault. Not as much as the others, but I do like it. Mm, See, I like all the Star Foxes. 64 is the best. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Assault's pretty good. They're all good. But 64 is the best. Even Command on the DS is pretty good. And that was like real-time strategy game at times. Almost. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so, I mean, I don't even know really... I mean, we, we talked about, like, Castlevania for two minutes. But I guess... I guess really what demo, I, mean. I guess really what boils down to is the reason I brought it up is it's a high profile game that's worth mentioning in the fact that there is no solid answer for it. So if you think you're interested more so than any other game we've talked about, check out the demo because it is a polarizing game and as we probably demonstrated just now, it could really like it's really hard to judge based on other reviews. And I think that's the reason it's worth mentioning. It's like yeah. the reviews are all over the place. Don't take one source or another. Try it for yourself. It's easy for this game in particular. It's the best way to figure it out. So, which almost, like, devalues the fact that we're even talking about it, but, <laughs> but it's just, you know, stressing that, like, don't necessarily listen to the bad reviews, or the good reviews. I mean, it looks good. It looks good, it sounds good, the gameplay, the whip gameplay, I thought was I mean, pretty no, fun. Yeah, but, the gameplay itself, like, it's solid. But, but I could see why people wouldn't like it, and I could see why, like, its reviews are as mixed as, it's, as it is. Because it, it was fun, but the combat got a little old after a few minutes, and, like, I don't know. The puzzles weren't exactly puzzling. Like, it's just like, go find it. Oh, this door's locked. Go all the way to the other side. There's a switch. Now walk all the way back. Like, I don't know. It just felt like, like with Metroid, they do like clever things. Like, yeah, you have to walk all over the place, but they have like clever little things along the way. This was just like, whip a guy, go another room, whip a guy, swing your whip around. <laughs> okay, you got the switch. Now do that again in the other direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's your thing, then yeah. Maybe they give you a different weapon at some point. I assume they do. There's actually multiple playable characters. Oh yeah, there's three. Yeah, we three only played as one. So that's another level. that's another reason where it's like it's hard to judge from just a demo. But with that, I mean unless there's anything you want to add about it. No, it is what it is on the demo. It's kinda of hard to say. <laughs> Guys, it's such a like depressing like <laughs> summer. Like even Monster Hunter, we were like, even though I know it's not for me, I was like still like commit like, you know, complimenting its good parts and this I'm just like Castlevania. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. That's what we've been playing. That's a look at the news over the last two weeks. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so I guess a couple things to mention on the site that are worth noting. If you haven't been to Remtown.com lately, go check it out. We have a new extra called A Look Inside Zelda Box. This is a Japan-only precursor to Hyrule Historia, 
which uh, it came with an art book and like an inside look at Wind Waker and a couple other goodies. And we have some photos and information on basically what this now rare collection of goodies has to offer. So if you're curious about it, uh, definitely go around town.com and check it out. We'll have another extra coming in the coming coming in the coming weeks. We'll have another extra coming up pretty soon. Uh, some ideas we're working on. We'll have a new flashback in the near future, and some ideas we're working on is some articles about adventure games and a look at some Nintendo's newer mascots. We had a whole debate about, well, conversation about that earlier in the show. So definitely stay tuned to Randintendo.com. Or, if you prefer, just follow us on Twitter, at Randintendo, and we'll just, we're going to tweet out when anything happens, so you can very easily just click the links then and not bother checking the site unless you absolutely need to go there. Uh, speaking of following, you can also follow me on Twitter at JSR7. You can follow Jose at Wero, that's W E I R. <laughs> O underscore O. I'm going to spell it out every time. Just accept it. Uh, on Meverse, you can uh, friend us or follow us there if you want to, you know, see. If you want to compete for high scores in Runner 2, for example, uh, you need to be friends with us. Or if you want to, like, I don't know, share thoughts on whatever on Meverse, follow us. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jason R. He is the same Wero that I'm not going to spell out a second time. And I think that's pretty much it. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes uh, so you don't miss an episode. And... Yeah, just uh, <laughs> I ran out of things to say. Wow. Yeah, just just this is the end. Yeah, that that's the end. So we'll we'll see, we'll see you guys for our next episode on March twenty fourth. That's Pokemon and Luigi Day. But hope we could carve out a little time to listen to us talk about Monster Hunter Three Ultimate, Need for Speed, Most Wanted You, and whatever crazy Nintendo news happens between now and then. Bye.